episode 29 in the thing. It's not in the it's, books. It's not in the books, it's but it's going to be it's going to be in the hopper like we're cooking it right now. Sure. I found out that people native to this area call the toilet the hopper. Really? Mm-hmm. I've never heard that. Yeah. I'm also ne- not native to this area. Me neither. And then it's like the shorebillies down here when they say it. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> they said it and I was like, I can only think of like one hopper, like a grain hopper. That like, yeah. is that what Because she's like, oh, he didn't even want to clean the hopper. And I was like, you have to clean that? I just assumed grain went in and they're mm-hmm. like, we mean the toilet. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Sorry. I've never heard that yeah, the before. Hopper. Yeah, they were like all making fun of me for it. And then she also said sick as a buzzard, which I thought was another thing I I've heard, heard that one. Out. I've heard sick as a buzzard. <laughs> Just at work. <laughs> That's incredible. Sick as a buzzard. And yeah, I was like, buzzard. I was like, what's I've heard sick as a dog, mm-hmm. but sick as a buzzard doesn't make any sense because they eat literally everything. I've never seen a buzzard be sick. Mm-hmm. But, True, but how would you know? Like buzzards don't, <laughs> don't pay exist. much attention. I've also never seen a buzzard and thought, that is one healthy buzzard. Look how healthy that buzzard looks. I have seen, like the way his feathers are just matted with gore right now. Look I have seen thing. like a really fat buzzard, which I was like, how's that guy get Dude, around? So but he managed it. I, it was like I was watching a buzzard the other day and I noticed like it was kind of just standing there like in the field and it just like opened up its wings and it was like just standing there with its wings open. I had never seen a buzzard do that before. Yeah, they're heating themselves. And then I just kept seeing it all the time. It happens a lot if their their wings get wet. Uh That's how they dry them. But it's also a mating dance, so it's weird that they see you, and then that's their behavior. Is it weird, though, or is it awesome? Mm. Also, You might be a buzzard whisperer. (laughs) Buzzard is also not a term I've ever used until I moved here, because they're vultures. Vulture. Yeah. We always used to call them vultures, but now I get here and, like, Sick as a buzzard in the hopper. I had to throw up in the hopper. Yeah, all kinds of nonsense. Yeah, I think all, we actually called them buzzards back home. Too. I can see that. Yeah, I'm from California. We're so sophisticated out there. Yeah, yeah. We call everything by its real name, mm-hmm. like idiots. <laughs> we even call your buzzards uh, condors. <laughs> California. Con- <laughs> we call them by their their actual names. Yeah, it's uh, only, the only, only the Latin names out there yeah. in California. Yeah, we're so sophisticated. Yeah. Is we this show ever going to start? No, it's never. Mm-hmm. Where you got somewhere to be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're driving home with me. Yeah, hey, you ain't got nowhere to go. All right, now we can start. <laughs> this is definitely how I'm just going to start uh, the show. Yeah, so like, from the okay. moment Mark said episode 29, like, just that's the whole this beginning. This is the show. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Episode number 29, Random Draw Board Game Podcast. We are almost at our 30th episode, mm-hmm. which is a milestone sure ish i guess not really i guess we're gonna throw a party for 50 right we should oh, oh man like if an we studio party oh man studio <laughs> Wait, party. what would that even look like just the three of us eating cupcakes or something yeah all three of us wearing right party that. hats like little you know little what birthday I'm, hats? I'm suddenly more into this now that i've thought what would about it, it say happy over the hill <laughs> yeah of course now, we could just decorate the studio in black <laughs> black ribbon <laughs> it would definitely be something about a bar mitzvah for sure oh whatever's on sale i guess <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah it is yeah. Whatever By the time ho- we get there, it'll be old Halloween decorations. Yeah, I was going to say, it's whatever whatever holiday just passed mm-hmm. is that's, what that's, it will be celebrating. party of the theme. So we are a review board. Oh, man. What a disaster. We, <laughs> as long as we get it under control before episode 30, I think that's the sweet yeah, spot, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, we're still basically teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are a board game podcast. Uh, we review board games and we have a topic each week that we discuss different things. So we're only going to talk about two board games this week because Mark has done a lot of extra research research I got on a, th- a topic. I a got thesis. a big topic topic planned for us tonight you have your thesis and dave and i, I, are the, I have my the committee thesis. i'm actually applying for a doctorate school are right you now. gonna are you ready doctorate to defend school. your thesis 
doctor. Doctor at school. Doctor at school. Yeah. Well, after when your thesis is done, Dave and I will be like, oh, either thank you for your time or thank you for your time, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then I can't wait for some problem to happen with some human body and someone yells, is there a doctor out? And Mark runs over yeah. and is like, I don't know. Do you want to hear about board game history? Yes. I'm a doctor. <laughs> doctor of board game history. <laughs> Woo. Did we do introductions? I don't think we even oh, did introductions. God. All right. Well, it's only episode 29. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, uh, Daniel Mann. With me, as always, Mark Belial. Hey, guys. David Hubbard. That's me. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, all right. Now, now that, that all the pleasantries that... are out of the way. <laughs> now that the housekeeping's done. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm so sorry about this episode. I'm not. I love it. Let's start with a game we played called Dungeon Drop. Dungeon Drop. Comes in a cute little square box. I liked the box. A cube. Yeah. It was yeah. a very small footprint of a box that it, yeah. suddenly got to a much larger footprint on the table. In Dungeon Drop, you create a dungeon with tons of these little small cubes, and the different colored cubes represent different colored loot, essentially. Or monsters. Or pillars. Or pillars. <laughs> There's so much. <laughs> so to start the game, you take all the small cubes, and you drop them like 6 to 12 inches from your table. Which is too much. 12 like inches they, a lot. They spread out so far. How big did people think these tables are? Because I can't be having just cube shoot all over mm -hmm. my yeah, damn house. Yeah, they're playtesting it on like the King Arthur's round table or <laughs> yeah. something. Just standing on it and seeing how big this dungeon is. So you drop these cubes and they create the dungeon. And the way the game is played on each person's turn, they take these larger cubes out of a box and they drop them. And then they make a triangle out of these pillar cubes, which are these gray pillars. Mm -hmm. And then you take all the loot inside of the three pillars that you created. But and the you... trick is you take all the things inside, yeah, yeah. not so, necessarily just loot. Right. Mm -hmm. So it could be uh, trolls or ogres, and they give you damage. Or there's even the dragon out there. If you could somehow get the magic shield, and then you can collect the dragon, it's this whole thing. <laughs> but... <laughs> there's the thing that I didn't do. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole process. So that's, that's the game, really. And then... Everybody has a character race and then a character class, and they both have their special abilities. You can use either of those one time. The game lasts three rounds total. It's a nice short game. Super short game. It's really easy. It's, it's easy to play with my daughter. It's kind of abstract because you're dropping cubes all over the place, mm -hmm. so it's different every time. Yeah, we played it with Kira, and I think she beat us. She's pretty solid yeah, at it. Yeah, I think she yeah. won. Sometimes yeah. she gets a little frustrated because if she can't find a room right away mm. because sometimes, I mean, there's so many cubes on the table, it can get kind of confusing. Yeah. It's not that hard of a game, but it is interesting. It didn't stop me from taking forever. I know. It was yeah. embarrassing for you. <laughs> yeah. Like the, we had the eight year old yeah. who was quickly discovering rooms and then taking her loot. And then mm -hmm. we had Mark. <laughs> yeah. Like Euro gaming it. Yeah. yeah like, and I don't understand what you were planning. <laughs> well, if I take this cube, I'll get six points in the next round. That's a lot that of what it was. It's like, all right, Jesus how do I point. maximize my cube? And there's, here? there's no future planning in this game. No, there's you're zero. Dropping cubes, like you're dropping like, every cubes. person responds the the dungeon. I mean, the whole a dungeon, bit. yeah, yeah, yeah a, little a little bit. bit. You're gonna yeah. add some cubes, and and that's the other thing. Like each person has their individual scoring card. Cubes are d worth different points for each person. So each person's going for their own cubes. But still, I mean, I don't know what's taking so long. Just take the with the most stuff on it that doesn't kill you. Yeah. I just I just want to do it well. Do you? Not me. I just wanted to do it. I just wanted to do it, and I wanted to be done with it. So that That's why I was glad that I went last, because then I could just be like, all right, well, if I just do You went last, but then we had another round. Yeah. And then, then we had we, yeah, another, another round. Yeah. <laughs> Three more times. I mean, you. it was just it's just me caring enough about the game to mm -hmm. give it my all. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I could see how you would get a lot of pride from winning this yeah, game. Yeah. <laughs> 
Just another notch in the old. Belt. I lost to an eight-year-old, and I felt no shame. Yeah, she's I, good. Though. I did, yeah. Actually, we played a lot. We played. This is like one of those games that it's really easy to pull out and play. Mm-hmm. So we play it a pretty fair amount. Yeah, and uh, she seems to like it more than I do. But <laughs> <laughs> there. So each of you also has a scoring card. So you're all going for like slightly different things to get your points at the end. So mm-hmm. you're not all. You don't all have the exact same. I don't know. Victory point generation. Like gold. Mechanic. Like mine. Gold is always worth one point. Gold cubes are always worth one point, but mine were doubled. So mm-hmm. gold for me was more valuable than gold for other people. Whereas right? like blue cubes and white cubes or something like that were worth a bunch for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. I mean, there's a lot of re- replayability because there's a bunch of different characters and classes and everything. So you you can mix it up a lot. Too. Yeah, I was kind of looking through the, the deck mm-hmm. just to kind of see what was available. And like there's some really cool stuff in there. Yeah. And they're yeah. nice little switch ups, too, because like one of mine was I could uh, flick any colored cube. And if I managed to hit a cube of the same color then i can take the cube mm-hmm. that i hit mm-hmm. so like it was a little added a little dexterity to the yeah. game yeah. Uh, it's a little something extra to do and you basically use your power and then you build a room by connecting three pillars in a triangle you take your stuff and your turns over like it's a very very simple game but the you powers think. you would unless you're marked <laughs> but the powers were really nice Aww. because they added a lot of extra fun little dexterity mini games almost in the gameplay itself yeah yeah i like the footprint i think it looks really cool on the table it's something you don't see a lot of there's so many cubes to it and it can be a little overwhelming because some of the cubes are only used for solo play and i always forget to separate them out (laughs) yeah this whole thing yeah it seemed like a a lot of kind of chaos to get that game set up because you have to like i guess maybe if you were more more diligent about separating cubes well i separate the small cubes from the large cubes Mm. and that's yeah, that's, that's, that's it. it. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. You've done it. Yeah, good point. <laughs> that's it. that's, that's good point. all you really need because you're dropping all the small cubes and then all the large cubes are going back in the box and you're going to start drawing those throughout the game. Okay. So that's all you need, but it's kind of a pain. Like if you want to play it twice in a row, it's just like, okay. Okay. <laughs> no, that's why you have a child, Dan. You make them separate. Oh, yeah. yeah. She doesn't do a great job of it. And I think she does it on purpose. Because <laughs> like, then she'll have to do it in the future. Yeah. yeah. You know what? She is now planning ahead. I'm she, not even mad. She does it the same way I do dishes. <laughs> oh, I didn't even see that one. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Well, you're not doing many more. Like, oh, no. Oh, nuts. I'm <laughs> so sorry. Please, so. please give me another chance. Yeah. <laughs> I want to yeah. be dish daddy. <laughs> I'm going to do all the dishes. Uh, uh, so, uh, Dungeon Drop. Not a ton to say about it. It's not a super heavy game. You can get it on, I got it online for like 25 bucks or something like that. Mark, tell me information about Dungeon Drop. Dungeon Drop, published in 2020 by Phase Shift Games, uh, designed by Scott R. Smith. This is his first game. I don't know Phase Shift Games, I don't think. I think it might be a newer company. I could do a quick... Yeah, uh, why don't you just do that? It'll be like playing Dungeon Drop with (laughs) (laughs) Where we sit here and wait for excruciating amount of time. This was Scott R. Smith's first game, and the art was done by Maria. I guess the art was on the cards, like all of the characters' cards and stuff. Yeah, it's very cartoony. Maria Nascimento, this is also her first game. Arcimento? Yep. uh, No, Nascimento. Oh, Nascimento. She's a uh, Brazilian artist. How do you know that? I looked at her bio on BGG. Oh, man. Man, look at you. Crack wow. researcher. <laughs> you really picked up your game, Mark. <laughs> well, you Unlike know. your speed of playing games. Yeah. I've, as I've like learned more about board games in general, I've gotten slower at playing them. You've aged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Face Shift Games has, this is their first game with two more in production right now. Uh, one called Queen's Quest, mm-hmm. and then the other one is called Drop Dive. Drop Dive sounds like a fighter playing game. Uh, drop style pick up and deliver game for two to four players, playable in 20 to 30 minutes. So not fighter jets. <laughs> no, it is fighter jets, but both of you toss them across yeah. the table, and whichever one's hit, 
that's the mm-hmm. combat one. There appears to be a black hole. So, I mean, I'm thinking very like No Man's Sky-esque. Yeah, it's definitely going to So be. you're telling me nothing about fighters. Nope, not at all. How yep. could I get that guess wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. Huh, that's weird. But so, yeah, it's a pretty simple game. Yeah, I don't hate it and or love it. Correct. Uh, <laughs> My score will drop. reflect that. Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> scoring this game. So we use a scale 1 to 10, but you don't use 7 because seven's a cop-out. It's a cowardly number for cowardly trash people. Uh, so Mark has such strong know, opinions about this. such a strong opinion. <laughs> Mark's opinion does not reflect that opinion <laughs> of a random drop board game. But. Like, I like our rating system, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not going to argue with someone about it. it. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not gonna if argue someone's like, either. oh, you don't use seven that's stupid i'd be like oh yeah a little <laughs> yeah, yeah a, little, a little bit i mean yeah, you're not gonna you get could, that you much pushback from us about it <laughs> you could make smart points against it for sure yeah I but mean, it's but it's our podcast so we'll yeah. do what we want yeah i'll agree with you then do this same rating <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's dumb but you should heard what we were doing before yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's insanity it's true this is a lot better it's a big step forward yeah uh so <laughs> yeah, it's like inventing the wheel over here <laughs> it's, it's changed everything like whoa <laughs> look how fast my cart goes <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we use a scale again, one to ten, but we don't use seven. Then we add something stupid to it. So, <laughs> how many hours of Mark's turn would you? <laughs> you know, my score once again is going to be accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, how many hours of a Mark's turn would you give Dungeon Drop a one to ten, not using seven? This game felt like five hours of staring <laughs> at Mark, waiting for him to take his turn. I rate this game a five, and it's because it is not bad. No or is it amazing? It is a yeah. perfectly average game. Everything in it works perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. If Kira was over and wanted to play it really badly with us again, I would happily play it with her, but I would also never go out of my way to play yeah. it. Yeah, in theory, it's a shorter game. Oh, yeah. It's a super short game, which yeah. is nice unless Mark's playing. <laughs> yeah. Hence my rating of five <laughs> Mark hours yeah, five more. for this game. I like that I'm getting dragged over Dungeon Drop. Of all the bad opinions I've had on this podcast. It's not even your opinion on it. It's how it's long just, it took you to play a turn. It's a fact. Yeah, it's just weird. It's just weird the things we, we get up, go if after If you want to take a long time in Pret-a-Porter yeah. or some heavy game, uh-huh. by all means. Like, I'm fine with that. I'm still going to say something, obviously. <laughs> but ultimately, I get it. So yeah, but what I get it is, it. is like I have so much more control over my actions because I'm willing to think <laughs> through everything yeah, yeah that's crazy like Port-a is like oh no i'm not gonna i'm just gonna build outfits like, yeah that's my goal i like orange i'll <laughs> go there <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> mark dungeon drop one out of ten not using seven how many mark hour turns would you give dungeon drop uh, i would give this game also five hours of my turn mm-hmm. <laughs> um, per turn yeah per turn per turn it's a six hour game yeah, uh, it's a fifteen-hour game. Oh, yeah. This game is perfectly fine. Uh, it was functional. It worked, you know, fairly well. Uh, the problem is, like, you got to make sure you're not overzealous with the way the dungeons drop. Like, if you bring it too high off the table, it's going to fly everywhere. And yeah, yeah. If you, I had, get like, excited, you know, and I like to go high. <laughs> if you had like a gaming table, like if we played it at Dave's and used mm-hmm. the inside of the gaming table, it would work fine. You could drop yeah. it higher. Yeah, it would bounce off the walls and come back into right. the table. But so yeah, if you don't have something like that, you're, I mean, it's going to go all over yeah. the house. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the components are a little a little wonky here and there. I noticed like some of the uh, wooden cubes had like chips missing out mm-hmm. of them, because um, mostly because I was taking my time to look at all of them before <laughs> yeah. I made a decision. I have to look at every side of this um, cube. <laughs> I want it. And I almost felt like I almost felt like I wanted a little more heft there too. Like you if, wanted like metal like, cubes. No, not, game cost twenty bucks. It didn't have to be necessarily yeah. metal, but like just denser wood, maybe like so, ironwood. No, I want ironwood no, cubes. Purple Don't wood be from obstinate. Purple uh, heart from <laughs> from uh, I Africa. Want, I want Palo. Santo I know. cubes I know. from I, South America. I want African tiger wood. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm quit. Good. Good luck filling an hour by yourself, some jerks. Nope. Shorten show this week, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so five hours uh, Five hours of gameplay from me. Yeah. I liked it. it per turn. perfectly fine. <laughs> I agree with Dave. I would play it again if Kira wanted to play mm-hmm. it. Otherwise, yeah. there's other ways to spend your time. I agree. Yeah. For me, dungeon drop, one out of ten, not using seven marks turn hours. I also give it a five. I've played it a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's interesting every time, especially if you have different abilities and, and powers for your character. But in the end, it is kind of how the dungeon drops, and that is about it. It's not it's not a crazy hard game. It's fun to play. It's easy. Uh, it's easy. Like I said, my daughter's eight. It's easier for her to pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like 20 bucks, so whatever. That might be my new catchphrase, and that's just the way the dungeon drops. Okay. What? <laughs> you don't need a catchphrase. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. It might be nice. Maybe? Yeah. You're going to sign it? Like, when you do a Facebook post, you could sign it, like, Mark, and that's <laughs> yeah. the way the dungeon like, drops. It'd be like Dispatches from Board Game Nirvana. That'd be the title of the column, and then my last line will always be, and that's just the way the dungeon drops. Yeah, I guess. If yeah. you want to, man. I could be a much less talented Edward R. Morrow. I don't, I don't know get that. that. Yeah, I don't get that mm. joke. So that, that's out there it's for pretty somebody. pretty highbrow. Somebody yeah. out there gets Is that. he a news guy? He's a newsman. Okay. He's a newsman. <laughs> what decade? Uh, oh, boy, like the 1950s? Like, what sort of a hat did he wear that's how i judge he did not wear a hat but he always had a cigarette i was gonna say yeah i was gonna say did he smoke on air yeah yeah he definitely smoked on air and his sign off was good night and good luck who was the who's the guy that said and that's the way it is or that's the way it was or something like that i don't know but that's the way the cookie crumbles was for sure cookie monster no Uh, that was um bruce almighty yeah that was oh man and that's the way it is that's what you guys ever hear of paul harvey back in the day like this might have been an Oklahoma thing. I no, know who I Paul heard, Harvey is. He used to do. Um... Oh, that's the rest of the story. That's yeah, yeah. And that's and the, now rest you know the, story. the rest Who's of that, the though? story. Paul Harvey. Oh yeah, Paul. Oh, is that where you're going with this? Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. Thunder stolen. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, I wouldn't refer to it as thunder. Yeah. Maybe like a small child <laughs> clapping. <laughs> Small child clapping noise. Like stolen. Kira claps. I'll yeah. give it. Yeah. Like all fingertips. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Golf claps. It's all. Uh. Like, why are you clapping so quiet? Like, this is how I clap. This is, this is how I do it. Sure. It's a mild approval. Uh, <laughs> this show's kind of a disaster. It kind of is. I think it's a product of us only having two games to talk about. I don't know that mm-hmm. that's it. No, it's who we are. We're in a weird. It's, I, yeah. it's for sure who we are as people. I think Dave yeah. might be on the something. <laughs> I could also be moderately high on pain. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I don't even really drink anymore, so it's not that. Yeah. Yeah, I am on pain medicine, and my stomach is a little weird, but I can't explain that on air. <laughs> <laughs> this would have happened regardless. This, yeah, <laughs> this is who we are. All right, so next we played a game called Forgotten Waters, which is like the hotness right now. It is. I heard a lot of people love this game. I get it. <laughs> Listen, I'm yeah, with them. Spoilers, I get it. Yeah, spoilers, I like this game a lot. So in Forgotten Waters, this is a pirate storytelling game mm-hmm. that involves an app. Mm-hmm. So in the game... Everybody gets a sheet of paper that is a specialized type of pirate. And it's not like boats, boatswain, bots, botswain, botswain. No, that ain't it. A boats, midship boatswain. Yeah, it's nothing like that that Dave and I are obviously know a ton about boats. <laughs> I spend a ton of time on boats too. Dave <laughs> and I clearly know a lot yes. of what we're talking about. Look, me driving a pontoon boat is not exactly <laughs> me knowing about ship lingo. Yeah, you're like sea serpent pirate or assassin pirate. And they're all sheets of paper and it's this whole massive stack of them. So Mm-hmm. So it, and they're all different. So every time you play, you're a completely new pirate. But the front of it is always some sort of a, I don't want to say astrological sign. It's a it's, constellation. Yeah, yeah, it's a constellation. And they look really neat. But it's also how you unlock special power-ups, I guess, for your character. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to call them power-ups because they're not necessarily. It's it's a lot hard of to flavor. explain we're because good. it's so much flavor. Like we're it's a Mad Lib inside. 
It is a Mad Lib full of flavor. Uh-huh. And at the end of the game, either you all lose or you all win, yeah. but you can win like badly or just good or, or good legendary. Or legendary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Individually. While, so while you're playing the game, on the bottom of your front of your page, on the bottom of the front of mm-hmm. your page, yes. you have <laughs> stats. And there's like five or six different stats, like brawn, hunting, yeah. navigation, Aim. exploration, stuff like that. It's just what your character would theoretically be Swagger. good at. Swagger. Right. Yeah. Swagger, right. <laughs> Different classes, I'll call them that for now, can max out at different things. Mm-hmm. Other things are blocked off. Some people are bad at stuff. Some people are good at stuff. So as you cross those out, if you cross out one with a star, you get to fill in a star on your constellation. And then once you fill out enough stars on your constellation, you open it, you get to read this little story with your Mad Lib, and it gives you something. Yeah, some sort of a bonus. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's like your character for this game. So as you're playing the game, it's all done through an app, which is really well. Oh, like, agreed. Amazing. And it's a fully voiced app too. And they use mm-hmm. different voices, and it's it's so funny. And so like the writing in this game is so funny. Absolutely. It, it cracked us up the whole time. So on the app, there is five different missions right now, and you can play through them a, a couple different times, probably because it's uh, there's so many things to encounter. Yeah, you're gonna you make different choices as you're sailing around the map. Too, you're drawing random things to sail mm-hmm. to. So that's going to change your story a lot. But it does really well. It keeps you going ahead. Every person has their own thing. There's like a scribe. There's a person that watches the cannons. There's a person that keeps, keeps track, track of turn order, order. keeps yeah. track of your supplies, and the whole of the ship. And they're not in charge of anything. They're just doing that bookkeeping. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's fun because during the app, it'll say, all right, the Cooper, the person that does the supplies, makes this choice. Mm-hmm. And so everybody has a random thing they're looking for, so they get to mm-hmm. make a choice. And then it's whatever, some lunacy. You can't ever foresee <laughs> what's going to happen. But it's all story-driven. You you do do some roles, and you can negate roles. So there's You can get a ton of re-rolls. Mm-hmm. That, or you a lot could of get, re-roll tokens. Yeah, yeah. you could get um, disadvantage, disadvantage rolls, which are banana peels. Love banana peels. Oh, yeah. So funny. So if you don't know what disadvantage is, it's like a lot of RPG games where you'll have to roll two dice and you have to take the lower value right. of the two rolls. Yep. And it's like you'll get uh, loot cards and they'll give you different abilities. Treasures. Yep. Treasures. I love treasures. Yep. And story <laughs> cards that give you uh, specialized abilities for your character. And it's just like this massive amount of things to do. Mm-hmm. And the story pushes you ahead. And mm-hmm. like any co-op game, there's a bunch of ways for you to lose, right? Your ship can sink. You can run out of supplies. Your crew you, can overthrow. And morale. Yeah, your <laughs> crew can lose all the morale and then, I, I guess, mutiny. throw you overboard. Yep. Yeah, yeah, mutiny. Um, and, of course, there's only one way to quote-unquote win. And then, like, like Dave said, when you win... Based on how many stars on your constellation you filled out, it's how good your character did. And mm-hmm. then there's like a whole story about what they did and the Mad Lib that you filled out earlier mm-hmm. is used in that. And and which it, leads to a ton of laughter in our experience. It's so funny. Oh, it's always funny because oh, you just so say the most deranged things. And then yeah. like that immediately becomes part of the part of the tale. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and another really fun thing that, that the game has in the rule book on the back is a pirate name generator. Love it. So you roll two dice and you just generate a pirate name and like nickname to mm-hmm. go with it and it's always just so lunacy like helga hot buns helga hot buns baby <laughs> <laughs> at the end of my last thing i became a princess which he made did me, i was a very ugly princess but yeah. i was the still the prettiest princess on my island i assume a very ugly people <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, we don't go near that island. It's <laughs> hot. I don't it's, uh, care for that island. I don't know. <laughs> New York to you. the guy from uh, um, Pet Cemetery. Uh, there's a bad island. Uh, I don't know. No? Okay, never mind. Never seen Pet Cemetery. I don't watch cinema. It, oh, it sounded okay. scary to me. A cemetery? Yeah, I, I would be too scared. Yeah, that movie. It's, it's about like, Pet there's, Cemetery. There's one scene in that movie that's so gnarly. Like, I can't even look at it because it's still. Ugh. It's a cat, like, comes back from the dead. No, it involves a toddler and a scalpel. And it comes back from the dead. Look, it, it comes back from the as, toddler comes back from the dead. Yes. As a kid, Spoiler, I saw geez, Chitty please. Chitty Bang Bang, mm-hmm. and I couldn't sleep for weeks because of the child catcher. <laughs> so I think we all know that anything yeah. is too scary for me. Yeah, this I don't know. Why who, did he have a hook? <laughs> oh, you mean I was like first I thought you meant the toddler. I was like, well, no, no. both hands. Toddlers, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> They're squirrely. He's a child catcher and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. He has a meat hook to catch children. That's I don't terrifying. Know what, I don't know what to tell you, Dave. I was deranged as a kid. Like I watched Alien at a wildly mm. inappropriate age. I've still never seen that movie. Really? I know it'll be too scary for me. Oh, you'd love it though. Cause nope. it's, it's space and nope. it's sci-fi. There's and a lot space. of space movies I do not watch because they're space horror, and that is a genre I'm not into. You need to Hellraiser? No, thank you. I will never watch that movie. Like, <laughs> there's a lot. Hellraiser's not a space movie. Yes, it is. They're <laughs> no, on a spaceship. Not. There's the like I think in the fourth one they're yeah, on a spaceship. Like the last but, one. Yeah. Normally he's just a dude from hell. Yeah, and he's like he got chains <laughs> on and a spaceship. Dave doesn't like it. <laughs> now I will. I will Did say. Did you watch? He's got all those nails in his face I don't hellraiser like bloodlines did take I the know. last the last little part of it did play, take place on a spaceship. see mark already knows way more about did this you, yeah <laughs> I don't know. I, did you watch the hellraiser. movie event horizon no oh yeah there no. you go, dave i watched that once that it was not a good idea <laughs> <laughs> i was like well i because what lawrence fishburne's in it right yeah yeah let me like, tell you the, lawrence yeah, fishburne yeah, i love that guy and then i'm watching it, i was like this is not a good idea I'm i was gonna watch that again. one day and i got through half of the trailer before yeah. i turned it off it's scary you're like i can't handle this nope i don't need this I can't even handle a minute and a half of this. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that movie is pretty twisted as well. Say, so. uh, this game is fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this game's fun. The app is really, really well done. I love the app, man. What also is cool slash I don't know how I feel about it app is it's not an app; it's a website. Ah. What I do like about it though is you can use it from your phone really easily or any computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, we did a tablet. Worked mm-hmm. fine. And there's an offline mode, so you could download each quest. Okay. And so that if you lose internet connectivity, like your dial-up goes off or oh, that's something. Cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Your mom needs to use the phone. Yeah, somebody needs to call somebody <laughs> long, long distance. <laughs> they can... At first, it's like, hey, pirate, ASL. Question yeah. mark. <laughs> so there is a board in this, too. And you have a little ship that's moving around this grid-based board. And so you'll oh, constantly be clear. looking at these tokens. And so it'll be like a token of fog or a token of uh, another ship on the sea or an island or like a ton of different things. Mm-hmm. But it's like lunacy because you'll mm-hmm. look at it. And you'll be like, I don't know. Let's go attack that ship. And then you go there and it's like a sunken ship. You that, never know what you're going to get. It's just. And the cool thing about it being an app is that none of these tiles or tokens are one time use right. because they're just have numbers on them. You put those numbers into the app and then the app for whatever quest you're doing generates whatever that token right. is. There's a ton of writing that went into this game. A and ton. I and can't, in I, the quest, you see so little of it because we yeah. constantly would encounter things that would be like, do you have this written on your quest log? No, we don't. Never heard of that. And Let the me game, consult the charts. The game does push you forward by giving you these threat tokens, mm-hmm. but it doesn't push you that much. Like It, no. it gives you a lot of free Yeah, free I think we got real close uh, on our first game. Yeah. But that's just because literally we were just like, 
putzing around the ocean, right? Well, just dude, to kind of explore. On our second game, um, it was I think you didn't you didn't come. It was me, Candy, Dan, and Amber, mm-hmm. and I think we played only that game, and it was like five hours. We yeah, took a the break game can take a long time, and thrilled. it does do halfway through. It gives you a way to save it, mm-hmm. like Which you could keep playing, amazing. or you can yeah. save it. But on the box, it says like two to four hours. Yeah. Um, the one thing I forgot to I can't believe I forgot this, but it comes with an adventure book, right? And it's like, um, oh, got yeah, this is one of my favorite side. things. The app will say, turn to page 37. So when you turn to page 37, on the left hand side is like this beautiful artwork of mm-hmm. whatever. And on the right hand side is a bunch of like worker placement esque spaces mm-hmm. that you can go. And there's descriptions of everything that's going to happen in the space. The problem is you have 40 <laughs> seconds to place on these. Yep. For everyone for to place. Everyone. Not you. Yeah, for everyone. everyone. And if not everybody places within that 40 seconds, you get discontent on the crew because they're upset that you're taking so long. And then. <laughs> Where you... was this mechanic when we were playing Dungeon Dragons? I, I know. <laughs> the dungeon's very angry with you, Mark. <laughs> I'm the sorry, dis- guys. I'm so sorry. The dragon is discontent. With <laughs> he just breathes fire and kills your character. And we've never had... So on the spot where you place your character, it gives you some symbols with some information. So you can know if it has like a fish jumping out of the water, you know that's a good for hunting. Mm-hmm. So you're going to either get hunting or you can should be good at hunting. Or if so it's you, a pirate hat, it's going to be a swagger-based check. Right. So you have or, some information, mm-hmm. but you're not going to be able to read everything on the left-hand side. And the game tells you, don't even bother. Just like place yeah. your guys, make it quick. You can take a, like, a quick gander at it and yeah. then like, make some snap decisions about what that might mean and right. then just go for it. Well, and and then on top of that, half the time, a roll will just get you to a number that you enter in the yeah, app the book, and then it so goes you don't who even knows know. where. Mm-hmm. And then, then what happens, there's three different places placement options there's like one little sailor there only one person go there if there's a group of sailors more than one person if there's explanation points somebody has to go there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so a lot of times it's like sail the ship so somebody always has to sail the ship which checks out yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. i know pirate captain but i get it so (laughs) i played sea of thieves (laughs) yeah so a lot of times if you're if you're the last person to go uh, and everybody picks everything else. You have no choice. You are sailing that mm-hmm. ship, and it's not a, a bad thing. You still, you first off, you're going to get to pick where we, where you sail the ship to, yeah. mm-hmm. and then you're also going to get some some other. You're going to get better at sailing, yeah, yeah, which is a good and bad because people it's, are just going to keep making you sail. <laughs> I was going to say it's it's super interesting too because the game does a really good job of making you have to decide whether you want to be helpful to the group yeah. in any given turn or you want to like go for your own personal goals. And mm-hmm. there's certainly like you could see it happen sometimes when like oh, oh, absolutely. like we really need supplies and that person's like I choose fishing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, all right, like yeah, like but I, I think, need my fishing setup yeah. so I can fill in my constellation. Yeah, like in the one game that we all played, I think I was the, I was best at navigating, like mm-hmm. my character was the best at navigation. And there was a couple of rounds where I just straight up didn't do it because yeah, because I was, yeah, you don't want to get that shoehorned. I'm trying to get that good ending. Yeah, you know, I'm, that's what I'm interested yeah, in. I want to be a legendary pirate, and if we do worse as a group, I don't care because I need me to do better. Right. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, <laughs> I'm a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's from Plat Hat Games. It's a crossroads game. It uses their crossroads system, which mm-hmm. if you're familiar with Dead of Winter, it's it's mm-hmm. that type of system yeah. where it's like a co-op, but everyone has their own mission. But it's not as brutal as a Dead of Winter because Dead of Winter, like someone could be totally playing against you mm-hmm. to yeah. try to make and make, like trying to keep it like low key. Uh, yeah. yeah. But in this one, like everybody still has to win. Like mm-hmm. there's no way for everyone else to lose and you to win. Yeah. You just want to win better. Yeah. Yeah. I wanna. I want us to win, but I want to win the most. I want to win yeah. the most. I'm glad you all won, but I want to win the most. And I know we kind of touched on it a little bit here, but I can't 
speak enough for how funny this game is. Oh, it's so funny. Really funny. There's there's several very funny things that happen in the first like scenario that mm-hmm. we played together that I, I won't spoil for anybody yeah, in the, case you want to go through it. The but, writing is hilarious. Yeah, we were it, cracking it really up. And while I was doing the research for the people who designed this game, I found the dude who probably <laughs> made it very funny. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know that, which guy did it by the bio he wrote. And that's yeah. like, I was so impressed with the voice acting they did was so good and everything. So with is, the voice acting, I have to add for Candy's sake. So my wife, I need to clear clarify i didn't know this when we got married watches a lot of anime <laughs> uh, she immediately as soon as the voice actor started on the app like got super excited yeah she was like who is this guy and i, I was know like, him who? i know yeah, him uh, knows it turns out she does a main character in one of her favorite animes of all time oh. and so she looked him up and apparently he plays a lot like he's a massive voice actor really he good. was actually in dragon ball z he was the green guy whatever that guy's name was Gr- greenzo mm-hmm. i think yeah sure yeah greenzo <laughs> instead of like gonzo's blue uh, greenzo's there's a possibility green. i have offended so many people <laughs> sorry sorry it's not goku <laughs> yeah not goku yeah it, not goku uh, he Vegeta? regrows he regrew an arm i know that I don't is know. it sill i've never seen it. here's my problem yeah. i used to watch dragon ball z this is a complete side note i used to watch dragon ball z <laughs> oh when, no when i because we never do that when i lived in okinawa japan it came on japanese tv so out. i would watch it with our bunny ears but it was in japanese it was not oh. subtitled oh, because yikes. it was in Japanese because you're in Japan, I was in Japan. <laughs> mm-hmm. and so like I've seen a ton of Dragon Ball Z but never understood a word anyone was saying Piccolo I think his name was Piccolo sure, Piccolo sure man we should so do a start an anime but... podcast yeah <laughs> where we all watch just one anime yeah. and then review it oh we had but one episode of one just, yeah Kenny well, just every curate tweet, it for yeah. us you just tell us what to watch we'll watch it yeah I'll watch it and be like I don't know what happened in this episode <laughs> it was lunacy yeah. but you have to watch it in Japanese with no subtitles <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Sure, can't wait. Dude, count me in. I don't I got, know what happened in this episode. Let's see. There's a guy who fell asleep, but there's a little bubble coming out of his nose. I don't know what that means. It was a dude who did push-ups for three episodes straight. <laughs> Somebody that's nose. a real thing that happened in Dragon Ball Z, and I to this day don't know what was going on there. Rewatch it, baby. I'm sure it's out there on Netflix or something. Yeah, I'm in. All right. Uh, anyway, that's the voice actor from Forgotten Waters. Yeah, but yeah, it's really funny, and the game is really, really well put together. Everything just works really well. The thing that threw me off the most is the rule book is like three pages long and this game is like four hours long. So I'm like, oh man, I'm never going to figure this out. And then the app kind of walks you exactly through how to do everything. And once you do like one placement, you get it. Mm -hmm. And it's super easy. So you place your guy and like, let's say I, I placed on go to the tavern. And then it might have me make a swagger check. So it'll give me one swagger to add to to cross out to get my star. And then I will do a swagger check. And all I'm doing is rolling a dice and then adding all of my swagger to that. Mm -hmm. And then it tells me what happened mm-hmm. on a chart and that yeah. is it that is literally like 99 percent of the game yeah you pick it up real fast the math is super basic and easy yeah um it's amazing because you start out and it's like well i hope i roll well in this d12 yeah. and then by the end of the game you're like well i add 12 to yeah. whatever i roll on my d12 yeah mm-hmm. so you go from hoping you'll pass a check with like 11 to I can't fail a check that's less than 13. Yeah, yeah. I'm a super <laughs> pirate yeah, yeah, I'm an amazing pirate. But it's certain things. Mm-hmm. Right. Like my yeah. guy, I could only get to a maximum of plus two on my aim because I just wasn't good at aiming. But I was super swaggerific, I guess. Yeah. You know, I could <laughs> talk my way at anything. And my guy was yep. really bad at exploration. Mm-hmm. And I would forget it sometimes and go to the exploration. I can't even get any more exploration. So it's a waste for me to <laughs> yeah. go there. I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, what yeah. the heck? That but, one towards the end of our first scenario, I think, where we were like, 
had to find an item. Yeah. We realized all of us had woefully. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, none of us had really worked on exploration yeah. at all. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Because yeah. you really never know what's going to happen. No. Like, you could build up your exploration, then it's never used in mm-hmm. that scenario, mm-hmm. which is fine. It's like life, like, baby. Yeah, yeah. Just like life. Who knows? Yeah. I learned to play the cello, and now look at me. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, play cello. <laughs> I played the saxophone in eighth grade. Oh. The end. Mm. I took accordion lessons around eighth grade. Was that like, how old are you in eighth grade? Around like Bill Clinton? I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) If you're asking if that influenced me in my saxophone playing, the answer is no. (laughs) Okay. I can't imagine that 10 year old Dan cared. Being like, oh, so cool. Well, eighth grade. So that was right before high school. So I was probably what? Like 12, 12, 13. 13. Yeah. Somewhere in the range. So it was like 92. So I guess it was. Yeah. So it was like, yeah. I guess, but there's zero chance that that influenced me. (laughs) Because I know so little about politics. Now, as a full-blown adult, I can't even imagine what yeah. I knew as a small child. Yeah. No, Mark. Okay, so... Bill Clinton that's didn't... A, influ- that's a no on Bill Clinton. Yeah, I like where your head's at. But I, I went to a middle school where you had to play an instrument in eighth grade, and that is what I chose. Gotcha. Cool. I don't regret it. <laughs> but I don't also still play it. It's hard to look cool playing the saxophone, I think. You, you said you played accordion, Dave? Yeah, I took also accordion hard lessons. To look cool Which I looked really cool, unlike Dan. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me tell you, you can't mm. not look cool playing the accordion. I can see that, I guess. Yeah. Like, if, if I were to name famous accordion players Weird, Weird Al, Al. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm done. I'm yeah. like, I believe we all realize that's the famous accordion player. I can't player. name a ton of saxophone players. Kenny G, but he plays the straight sax. Mm, that's probably yeah. got a name. Tenor? No, I don't. Tenor sax? I, Could be. Bass sax. I played the Alto one. Alto sax. I've, I've seen the, a bass sax. It's gigantic. <laughs> a bass sax is the size of me. It's, I played the one mm-hmm. that looked like a, a J. Yeah, the classic saxophone. Yeah, probably classic like a, saxophone. Probably like an alto sax. Sure, could yeah. be. <laughs> Again, I don't know. I don't wasn't know. good at it. Saints go marching in. That's about where. <laughs> that's it. I mean, as far as like over songs to learn on a saxophone, that's pretty good. I guess. I like I that. I can't imagine it was. It sounded good. So pirates. <laughs> Anyway, guys, uh, sorry, guys. famous saxophone guys, <laughs> famous saxophone pirates. Okay, Forgotten Waters. Let Mark tell us information about Forgotten Waters. Forgotten Waters published in 2020 by Plaid Hat Games, who also published Abomination, Air of Benstein. Mm. Check a listen to our Harry episode Benstein. 28 if you'd like to hear our thoughts about yeah, that game. Yeah, last episode is a good one. Yeah, uh, oh, they made that. It was way more on track than this episode. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. this game, actually. <laughs> this game, yeah. <laughs> Both sure. of those are true. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, designers include J. Arthur Ellis, who designed Crystal Clans, Isaac Vega, who designed Dead of Winter, and a gentleman named Mr. Bistro, who designed <laughs> yes. Dungeon what? Run. Mr. Yes. Bistro. If he does not own and run a Bistro, I, I call it quits on his Mr. Bistro. I had to look at this guy's profile, and apparently he's working on two games. Uh, one is called Cripes Look at the Pro- Pipes. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, what he considers... <laughs> Is it about the mold in his bistro? <laughs> I can't even I can't even say it out loud. Uh, the one he considers his magnum opus is Poop and Joey. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think this is the guy that brought the humor to the game. Yep, that, that seems to check out. Oh, you mean <laughs> yeah. Mr. Bistro? Yeah, Mr. Bistro is probably the jokester. I though. can't imagine oh. that. Cripes, look at the pipes. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a name like Mr. Bistro, I feel like you've got to go through life with a sense of humor. Yeah, for yeah. sure. The art was done by Anton Fadiz. Awesome the art. The art is amazing. Awesome yeah, the, art. The, yeah, for sure. Anton did um, Dwellings of Eldervale, a first-time designer. Nadija Tikham. Go on. Go on. I'm sure you got it. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure you're dead on. Mm -hmm. I can't correct you. (laughs) All right. Ready? Uh, Yep. Nadija Tikohomorova. 
Oh yeah, have, that's uh, a neat name. Yeah, if that's I believe she's Ukrainian. <laughs> well, once again, like, yeah, definitely make a guess at. We just have the most boring names, so I think I know. I need to. You mean Mark, Dave, and Dan? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Nobody is sitting there struggling to say our names. My last name has four letters, and two of them are the same. So anyway, those are your uh, those are the people who made this game. Forgotten Waters, that is a fun game. Let us let us rank this game, Forgotten Waters, one to ten, not using a seven. On um oh man I scurvy digs on scurv on how much scurvy <laughs> despite it being a bad thing we're gonna use that as a good thing yeah, how much yeah. scurvy would you give Legion Mark today. then oh me first what well, I did they first a lot of last. pressure I try to mix it yeah, up. don't mess this up Mark uh, I've only played one scenario mm-hmm. I'd love to give this game a nine I'm gonna give it an eight oh, well, reserve judgment to <laughs> bump it up to a nine the the writing is a lot of fun I can't get over the amount of times that we laughed um the whole Mad Lib thing to start the whole game mm-hmm. the components are amazing it, just the idea that you have like character sheets that you fold into a like book. book and then like they've all these little constellations where you have like a palpable sense of like how you're progressing in the story for your character and there's just so much flavor like it's hard to really nail this game and as far as mechanics go super solid really enjoyed it eight out of ten uh forgotten waters one to ten not using seven how much scurvy would i give this game <laughs> i'm gonna give this game a nine I don't know why I'm not giving it a 10. I don't have any problems with it. It's long. I guess that's an issue. Mm -hmm. I'll say that's why I'm not giving it a 10. Mm -hmm. I feel like a shit. I don't know. I'm going to give it a 9. It's fine. (laughs) I really like this game. It It was so fun. The first one we played was great, and I think the second one was even better. And I'm looking forward to playing much more of this. And uh, hopefully they put out expansions and I'll buy whatever this game's got to offer me. Because I'm into a lot of scurvy. <laughs> so I'm going to give it nine scurvies You're out of ten. you the scurvy game oh, God, right I now. I love it. Yeah. Fruits for losers. <laughs> uh, Dave, how much scurvy Dan would you... Off fruit. <laughs> Remember, kids, fruits for losers. <laughs> how much scurvy would you give Forgotten Waters? One to ten, not using seven. Man. So I play a lot of RPGs, and sometimes I skip the dialogue because mm. I just want to go murder things. Yeah. I just want to get to the action. And this game reminded me how great dialogue can be. How great the cutscene of your RPG can be. I had an absolute blast playing this game. 10. Boom. Ooh. Boom. Second Ooh. 10 ever on Love the show. It. How you like that? I actually was thinking about this this afternoon because yeah. I knew the games we were talking about, and I was like, I think I'm going to do it. It's great. I, is this your first 10 you've ever given Second. Up? Zaya, Zaya is my first Oh, 10 he gave Zaya 10. Come on. Come on. It's my favorite game Stupid. of all time. I just didn't even <laughs> consider it. <laughs> I didn't even consider it because I knew what the answer was. Yeah, I'm absolutely biased about Zaya. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I absolutely do love storytelling games. Uh, we will soon review Arabian Nights, I hope. <laughs> but when it comes to games that just allow you to experience a story together, I love playing those little card games that are like based on choose-your-own-adventure books mm. and stuff like that. This just takes every one of them and brings it to 11. And it was so much fun to me. I would play anytime anyone wants to play this game, gladly, just to experience a story, sit around with my friends and laugh, and not care who wins. And Mm -hmm. I freely admit that as part of me. I'm not very competitive. I want us to do well, but then also be a little selfish because we're pirates and we want to do well. Mm -hmm. It just hits every balance so perfectly for me. So... Bam, 10 out of 10. I, I should loves say it. the game, so the second scenario took us five hours, but I, I should say that it wasn't like, I was like, wow, this game's taking a really long no. time. It was like, when the game ended, and I was like, holy crap, that was five hours. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that is was, exactly it how it was. It was just like, whoa, this game, it did take a long time, but I didn't, I enjoyed every second of it. Well, yeah. so we took an intermission and Dan grilled burgers and stuff mm-hmm. for us, and then we went back to the game, and I'm like eating my burger going, 
come on guys yeah. let's get back to playing the game it was great oh, so much fun i can't wait to try out the rest of the scenarios um yeah yeah I'm how many come in the in the main five, set five five okay yeah. so that's a ton of content but and even I can't then imagine. even with those five like there's so much content in each scenario mm -hmm. you could play each scenario a couple of times because I it's mean, obvious what you're supposed to be doing like it, you have a card that tells you what you're supposed to be doing like mm -hmm. you need to go to this island and you see the island you're like, okay, but like getting there is the whole <laughs> yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. And and choices and everything mm -hmm. are going to be different. My favorite is like when the scenario says to the scribe, it's like, oh, if you have the following things written down and you're like, oh, dear. You should have seen, <laughs> oh, seen the second scenario. Oh, it man. listed like five straight things. We didn't have any of them. Oh. Like, where the hell do you get these things? Yeah, we go to see the Mermaid King and we were like, oh, sorry, buddy. Which yeah, I guess we brought, have all our stuff. We brought nothing. <laughs> yeah, sorry for your life. For sure. I'm lo really looking forward to giving this one another. Yeah. Oh, man. It's it so did fun. the journey so well yeah. like so many games the destination is fun um i think of a lot of games that we play that are worker placements the destination is fun i built a monster i mm. made an outfit i made a winery and i yeah. made it a wine i made it a wine <laughs> the destination is a blast in so many games and this game does the journey so very well that the destination is satisfying but the journey is a blast yeah i totally recommend this it's hard to find uh, I think uh, Cool Stuff Inc. has it in stock right now for just, like 50 just, bucks. I don't, go to dance. Go to my I, house. I just we'll go play. to dance yeah, Come on it. over. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'll uh, Mark, just put my address out there on Facebook. <laughs> you got it. Invite everybody over. <laughs> I'll come play with you. Let me know when. Dan doesn't have to be there. <laughs> uh, I, if you call me, I can unlock my door from my phone. Yeah, so you can. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Just come on Provided over. Provided we set the game up for you, you'll be all, you'll be yeah, all happy. Yeah, it's fine. Who, who cares? <laughs> all right. That it, we're only doing two games this two week. Two games. And we are going to, Mark has done an extensive amount of reading. Research? Research. Research. He's a lot of a lot of murdered trees How many pages in front of would him. you say? You know, you always give me grief about the murdered pages, but I always recycle these. Oh, well, that makes it all what? better. Yeah. It's just in the recycling. Yeah, no, right? I assume he, he composts them in the back and plants a seedling on top of each I, show notes. Here's packet. what I do I tear each page in half, I chew it up, and I masticate it, and then I just spit it into the garden. Disgusting. Mm -hmm. I'm not going <laughs> to stop giving you crap about that until you come in next week with all of that whited out. <laughs> <laughs> you've written and, over and top of it. You've written over top of it. I'm just going to get some white paint from Lowe's and just go <laughs> until that page is three inches thick. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So we each week we talk about a discussion. No, that's yeah, stupid. Yeah, that's we stupid. talk about a discussion. <laughs> we talk about a topic is what I was going for. And we've named it Talkic. And I hate it, but it's never going to end. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's always a thing. So we have a title for our Talkic this week. It apparently is Bad Guys of Board Game History, Volume 1. <laughs> but Dan wrote in uh, Roman numeral mm -hmm. I. <clears throat> I also wrote Bad Guys or Board Game History. <laughs> But I'm glad I caught that when I was reading it, because that would have made me sound dumb. Uh, yeah, Dave would have kept that in there, too. For sure. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Gentlemen, let me ask you a question before okay. we get started here. Mm -hmm. oh, before what we... do you know about Mousetrap? I'm you got to not... catch the mouse. No, you are the mouse. No, you have to catch the mouse. Well, no, the other players are the you mouse? You have to catch the other player's mouse. Mice. Because you're all mice, then you fill cheese a cheese wheel. Wait, what is the point of that game? And then you build the thing, and then you try to get your sister's fingers, is what I remember Dan or Mark saying the point of that game was. You are the mouse, and you're trying to get the cheese, but you want the other mice to get trapped by the thing you built? I for sure know that I haven't played this game in <laughs> over 20 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember losing one essential piece every time, Yeah, and the yeah. mouse trap not working yeah i'm not sure i ever played a real game of it but i know my sister and i used to build it yeah you'd always build the pieces mm -hmm. and then you'd just like fire it off and see what happens but i think building the pieces is part of the gameplay it is i do yeah. think so it is <laughs> 
So your answer to that question, Mark, is we know a lot mm-hmm. about Loki. Yeah, we're yeah. basically a lot Mensa of, like, level <laughs> studiers of Mousetrap. <laughs> yeah, you guys are like uh, scholars of Mousetrap, and I love it. If you're interested in who prepares for this topic, it is not Dave mm-hmm. or I. <laughs> I do not. Yeah, I didn't even know what it, tonight's was going to be about. <laughs> One of the favorite here. things that I love about this segment is finding the craziest information that I can and then hoisting it upon yeah and just hoping it's true well it's a good petard you've hoisted so i I I love it it. so yeah so tonight we're gonna be talking about (laughs) mousetrap and we're gonna be talking about (laughs) it'd be weird if after that segue (laughs) you were like we're gonna be talking about monopoly and i'd like to tell you a little bit about jenga (laughs) jenga (laughs) yeah that was just for my own edification i was just kind of curious how much you guys do about mousetrap i was getting the vibe for uh i was checking the vibe for for sure have 20 year old foggy memories (laughs) yeah so tonight we're gonna be talking about mousetrap and more specifically we're going to be talking about about a gentleman by the name of Marvin Glass. Marvin Glass is a supervillain name. What's the guy from that See, movie? And I thought Marvin Glass sounded like uh, some sort of a love style R and B. Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Mm, gotcha. What's the guy from that movie? Unbreakable. So I know his name is Mr. Glass, but I don't oh. know his first. It's name. Marvin. I don't know if it is. If but he's it is Spanish, he'd be Senor Glass. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm a man dumb. of the world. <laughs> oh my and, god! And if he was a New Yorker, be yo glass. Yeah, <laughs> yo, I'm glassing over here. <laughs> He's got to have a first name, right? He probably does. Sure. Mark, Dave, what do you think it is? Before Mark looks it up, uh, Stephen. <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> Stephen H. Glass. Yeah, I'm I gonna... think that Samuel L. Jackson played a man <laughs> named Stephen S. Glass. Yeah, I think his name's Escobar <laughs> T. Glass. <laughs> His actual name is Elijah Price. Oh my gosh, his last name's not even Glass. Elijah Price. And they called him Mr. Glass because his bones were so pretty. Oh, well, that okay. So out. he doesn't have a first name. <laughs> Mr. is the first name. Senor. It's like Mr. Mr. Oh, Elijah Pratt. Yeah. So we're going to be talking a lot about this guy, Marvin Glass, who is complicated to say the least, is what I'll say. I think us as humans are all complicated. So this story starts in 1903. Uh, with Ideal Toys. Uh, Ideal Toys, for those of you who don't know. For sure, us. Yeah, 1903. (laughs) Was the company who invented the teddy bear. Oh, that I certainly did not I feel like I should know this Ideal Toys. Okay. The teddy bear. Uh, An invention that quickly became wildly successful and earned the company $11 million by the end of World War II. Was that like not adjusted for inflation money? Oh, that is, it would have been $150 million. I was going to say because that's not a lot of money from 1903 to 1947 Mm, or whatever. Yeah, so 1903 to 19, like, into the World War II, so, like, what is that, late 40s? Mm -hmm. That's Um, like three (laughs) (laughs) Build-A-Bears. I can vouch for that. (laughs) That's a fact. Oh, my God. And listen, you say what you will, but the best salespeople on earth work at (laughs) Build-A-Bears. They will upsell your child when you are not around. Yeah. (laughs) They'd be like, uh, you know, for $15 more, we can give it full stuff in. Yeah, would you like this heart to beat? (laughs) Like, yeah. I would. Do you want it to feel pain when I sew its eyes on? (laughs) You can have it smell like anything. Pizza. Cupcakes. Hey, kid. Dude, there's a million scents, and they're all disgusting. (laughs) I didn't know they came with scents. No, I didn't either. They put it in, like, the paw or something, and you could smell it, but it's, like, $8 for that. Yikes. That's weird. Listen, Build-A-Bear, forget your story. I'm going to tell you about (laughs) Build-A-Bear. Yeah, my story's not important. Tell me about Build-A-Bear. You could put a thing in its paw, and it's a hide-and-go-seek thing, so you click it once, and it counts, and then you hide the bear somewhere, and then it makes a chime every once in a while, and your kid could go look for it, and then they press it, when, and that's like 20 bucks. Oh, man. That doesn't even sound fun. I, who knows? Kids love it, though, I bet. Who knows? 
it's in there though. Did your kid love it? We never used it. Oh, but she did press it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like here. So love anyway, it. $150 million of today's money Ideal Toys gets from just making the teddy bear. That's a good deal. Wildly successful. Flash forward a little bit to 1962. They had an excellent year in 1962. Ideal. Ideal. Yep. Okay. Ideal Toys had, they had an, an ideal year. year. Yeah. I'm like, stop, Dave. Stop it. I didn't, I didn't like it. But it did make me laugh. I have, a, I, have an, I have an empty bottle. I'm just going to huck it at you next time. <laughs> He'll never hit you. No, uh, no aim is terrible. I don't want to bang up any of this uh, important equipment. Uh, so in 1962, they released classic toys such as King Zor, Bop the Beetle, and Gaylord the Dog. I don't know any of these yeah. toys. I don't know any of them either. But, but I assume... Gaylord the dog looked like a little basset hound that you'd like pull around and I don't know, maybe it pooped. Well, if we were That's probably something. born in the late 50s, these mm-hmm. toys would have been the bee's knees, I'm sure. That's right. The cat's pajamas, these toys. <laughs> I, all I can think about is the dog with the slinky in the middle. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That slinky was on dog? Toy Story? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, that's not it, I'm assuming. No. no. I'm assuming it is. <laughs> like I said, I wonder, I'm probably going to be posting a lot of this stuff on the Facebook page. So if you guys want to take a look at that, like you'll have a lot of pictures of these classic You mean the uh, people listening, not Dave and I. Oh, yeah. you guys too? But I know nope. you don't. I don't, you don't know, know Facebook. Know, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll forward the pictures along and Dan can put them on Instagram too. It's I up to you. Know. It's up to you, Dan. Fine. You're in charge of the Insta. You're the Insta daddy. Yeah, I know. I'm an influencer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after they had this great year, they just said, well, we have to go bigger and better in, in like, for 63 like we have to keep oh, we have to keep going the very next year the very next year so they contacted their favorite toy engineering firm uh, Marvin Glass and Associates uh oh I smell trouble this was the same group who had released the wildly successful Yakety Yak Teeth are oh, those the, the chompers teeth that just go I think clack, those clack, are the clack, little clack. chompers yeah man and uh, another yeah. toy called Mr. Them. Machine which was like the first quote unquote moving robot that had been released as a toy Mr. Machine not great with the titles <laughs> yeah Mr. Roboto like anything would have been better than Mr. Machine Mr. Senior Machine <laughs> <laughs> you just love that Senior Machine I'm sure it was made in Mexico yeah of course Marvin Glass and Associates, one of the biggest toy company, like engineering firms at the time. We're going to go back in time again. And oh. We're going to talk about Marvin Glass. This is like Time Cop. I know. We're <laughs> jumping forward in time. He doesn't even know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> <laughs> Demolition Man. I was going to say, it would be really funny if it was the right movie. But... <laughs> man, I love Time Cop. That yeah, part where, great. Uh, part I love where... Demolition Man. <laughs> I also love Demolition Man. Demolition Man's good, too. I do love both. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all those movies are pretty good. Most of those movies. What do you mean Some those of those <laughs> movies are pretty <laughs> yeah. good. What do you mean by those? <laughs> yeah, what do you mean by those movies? <laughs> all right, so the man who would eventually help create uh, Mousetrap and a host of other classic toys and games uh, was known in the industry as a capricious, difficult, and oftentimes very cruel person. Oh, good. Um, toy maker. Yeah. Good job bringing joy to millions of children <laughs> by destroying adults' lives. You don't even know what a monster this guy is. This really? is yeah. Airberto Glass. This is, what is yeah. his first name? Marvin Glass. Marvin. Marvin Glass. I don't know. I'll write it down. So oh. he was born. <laughs> He's knocked that mic around. Punched it. <laughs> so he was born in 1914 to German immigrant parents. He always he would always keep track of the fact that it was like 11 years after the teddy bear was created. <laughs> That's what, a, what a weird way to track. He's a weird dude. He's a really weird dude. So glass. I was born 11 PT. <laughs> Pre teddy bear or post teddy bear. bear yeah. Post teddy bear. Yeah. Um, so glass was very, we'll say, noticeably short compared oh, to his family. Like how short? Like does it say? He said he was five five. 
Oh, oh but he lied on his Tinder profile? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all know date women don't date people under six foot. <laughs> <laughs> he was he says five five. A lot of accounts had him just over five three. It just kind of depends who you talk to. I've been told I'm not good at judging height, and I agree. <laughs> I yeah. agree with the people that have he told me that. He's a foot shorter than you though, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, that is a foot shorter than me. That's know, nuts. That's <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for repeating the facts there, Dave. <laughs> so anyway, uh, his father did treated him really terribly, like constantly kind of picked on him for being short, short. jokes. A lot of short really? jokes. Really? Messed up. Yeah. That's not cool. Can't really help that. Yeah. Also, it's your DNA. Thanks a lot, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> so his uh, his father was like, Marvin Glass apparently remembered his father saying, what kind of boy is, is so small such as this one? You know, Probably one with chain-smoking parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah prob- probably one that got your genetics, yeah. Dad. Thanks a lot, Dad. <laughs> Uh, so regardless of how tall he actually was, like this whole terrible treatment of his father caused him to be conscious, uh, self-conscious his entire life. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. Like legitimately, that yeah. sucks. It, it really instilled in him like this really kind of insecure personality and the need to be like just the quote unquote biggest person in the room at all times. Mm. Did he also invent the giant sized teddy bear, but made it like a few inches shorter than himself? N- no, but he, he like did. Like the ones you lit at fairs. <laughs> He didn't invent the giant size teddy bear, but he did invent like the giant size sunglasses. And that is a true story. Is yeah. it really? Yes, that's, that's a true crazy. story. Oh man, um, that would make it. Yeah, that make them look smaller. Yeah, yeah. and they're not even made out of glass; they're plastic. Super specs. <laughs> that's what he called them. Yeah, there's Super a picture. Specs? There's a picture of Marvin Glass wearing them, and it's the most adorable thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I bet like, he would love to hear that, Mark. Yeah, oh, he would hate it. Pick him up and swaddle <laughs> he him. He would hate it. Sweet little guy. Yeah. All of this talk about how short he was just caused him to be very self-loathing, hated himself all the time. Because of all this weird relationship with his father and his parents' very troubled marriage, he spent a lot of time. (laughs) You mean a dad who would talk to him like that wasn't (laughs) the best husband? So hard to believe. (laughs) You're going to have a hard time finding this jump. But yeah, like, whoa. If you got a dad who's willing to tell you how terrible it is that you're so short, you know, a thing you don't control, (laughs) like, he's not going to have anything to nice say about the person he picked, you know? But um, yeah, so basically he spent a lot of his childhood kind of retreating away from his parents and into himself. He like <laughs> kind of lived through his imagination and he found himself like very unpopular around the other kids that in his neighborhood. And so he would- Where'd he grow up? Does he say? Did not say. I think he spent most of his life in Chicago. Then. Oh. Yeah. So the mean streets of Chicago. Yeah. I imagine he might be a Chicago guy. I the Wendy City. The Wendy's. Yeah, the Wendy's City. <laughs> oh, a, lot of, a lot of Wendy's I there. I love Wendy's. <laughs> Dust square patties. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're never frozen. So. Yeah, always fresh. Basically, the way he tried to make himself popular around the neighborhood is he would invent toys for the local kids to play. That sounds like a legit way. Yeah. 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 So he. I, like, at this point, I want to be his friend as a kid. Yeah. He yeah. was very. He, like, constantly needed to feel, like, reassured by other people around him. Hmm. So, I mean, he. And he was quite talented at it. Apparently, he made, like, Apparently. a submarine that could fire actual torpedoes what yeah that's cool yeah i like lose my shoes sometimes (laughs) (laughs) this guy's great as a child yeah i had to put together a grill the other day oh no like and i'm not talking full size like a tiny one did i bring on the boat and did you have um, extra pieces left over afterwards i didn't but it did take me like 45 (laughs) minutes Yeah, so a lot of this guy's early actions are just from wanting to be accepted and to feel like he belonged anywhere. By the early 1940s, he'd kind of grown up into a young businessman, 
and he was attempting to sell at the time uh, stained glass Christmas ornaments. That was his whole plan. He had all of these like handcrafted stained glass Christmas ornaments. You're going to find this hard to believe. Didn't sell very well during World War II. What? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. He found himself 30 or sorry, $300,000 in debt. In the in today's money or That is in that money. Oh like, man, he really did a number. <laughs> no, kidding, but also how do you how do you spend that much money on, on stained, stained glass? glass. <laughs> like how many stained glass ornaments is that? They had to be like, like half a, a warehouse- penny each. Yeah, it's like yep. a warehouse of stained glass. Wasn't half a penny a unit of money then? Oh man. Yeah, I don't know how he managed to do it. But yeah, he said he was over three hundred thousand dollars in That's amazing. stained glass ornaments. Whether mm-hmm. he was just bought like a factory or or what, just wasn't working out. That's not you're a coming good on the heels of the Great Depression. You're going into World War II. Nobody's got money for any of this. Stuff. The stained glass. <laughs> All yep. that disposable income out there, and he didn't make it. <laughs> didn't make it. <laughs> so basically, faced with the decision of going into bankruptcy and having to crawl back to his father, Uh-oh. or coming up with a plan B, Martin Glass was not going to go back to his he family. He wasn't going back to Faza. Yeah. No, he was not going back to Zephaza. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, Zephaza <laughs> thinks I'm short. <laughs> you could talk to Babushka, maybe. They had a falling He's out. German, not He's... Russian. <laughs> Yeah. So basically he scrimped and he saved and he borrowed money from friends and he managed to like on a very last ditch effort, uh, start making a toy called the, oh, man. I thought you were going to say he got out of debt. I was no. like, who is he borrowing? Th- Guys, I am also 300,000. <laughs> uh, he basically made this product called the busy bitty chicken. Okay. I hate it. Uh, and it was, it <laughs> that was, was a like, real snap judgment. <laughs> sounds stupid. Yeah. Editor's note. Eddie Goldfarb actually did most of the design work for Busy Bitty Chickens, not Glass. This comes into play later when Eddie Goldfarb is just trying to get paid for unrelated work he does, and despite the fact that he helped Glass get out of over $300,000 in debt, it doesn't go well for him. So it was like a little little plastic chicken mm-hmm. that, from what I understand, could lay like a, like a little egg. I like it more now. Yeah. And basically, he sold them for 39 cents. Huge hit. Really? Huge hit. Uh, it's just a chicken that lays a plastic egg. Yep. Huh. I, I, it's just because it was Kids so cheap. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kids love chickens, you know? Sure. And, eggs. and it was basically. It's not candy. It's like a kinder egg? I, no, I think it was just like a little. Like a little and then you have to get maybe. it back in there to have it lay it again. Yeah. yeah. Through the ear canal. Because we all know chickens have massive ear canals. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think it's. <laughs> It's a two-way street. (laughs) (laughs) Cloaca. (laughs) He sold enough of these 39-cent chickens that it pretty much wiped out his debt. Really? Yeah, it was a huge hit. But you got to figure $300,000 at 39 cents a pop, but he needs to make profit off of that 39 cents to pay Mm -hmm. back that debt. That's a lot of chickens. Well, I'm not that willing to, to do that math, but no, no. that's a lot of chickens. That's many a math chickens. show. Yeah. Uh, also, he had to incur some debt just to make those chickens. That's true. Yeah. Like I said, I don't. He just managed to We're make in the it wrong work. business. Yeah. I know. We should be making guys them. chickens. <laughs> chicken. Uh, and by the way, uh, throwing it out there, random draw podcast uh, chickens that lay plastic eggs yeah. are now on sale. Fifteen dollars a pop. Inflation. Say, inflation. We can't sell them for yeah. thirty nine. That's crazy. <laughs> we're gonna, we're going to hand make every one. They're yeah. not necessarily going to work. Yep. Well, don't name. ask us what's inside the egg because we don't know. And it's don't random. eat it. Yeah. Senior chicken. 
<laughs> Senor Pollo. Senor Pollo. He'll have a sombrero. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> <Kinda> love it. <laughs> After that point, he said, well, all right, I'm not really that talented at toy making. Really? Because it sounds like he's <clears throat> really talented at you it. You would think, but he just, it was like, you, you got to figure he's so insecure. Like so much of like the decisions that he makes are driven from this place of insecurity. He's a way better toy maker than he is stained glass ornament seller. Mm-hmm. If I had that's to make probably, a judgment. That's probably very true, right? <laughs> right? So he basically decides, all right, I'm not going to be inventing toys anymore. I'm going to be marketing toys. Ah, okay. And I'm going to bring in people with ideas. Idea men. They're going to make the toys, and I'm going to sell them for them. Okay. And he starts Marvin Glass and Associates. Terrible name. MGA. I mean, it makes sense given his name, though. I would name it the Fun Factory. <laughs> oh, I bet that's <laughs> I like it. That's a good one. Yep. After he forms this company, there's a man named Eddie Goldfarb, who apparently is like... <laughs> Goldfart? Goldfarb. Farb. Farb. Oh, like Brett Farb? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Good job, Dave. This is a sports podcast. <laughs> So Eddie Goldfarb, fresh off of coming back from World War II, oh. says, I got to get a job. Oh, I, I done did my time killing Nazis. <laughs> or and or. Or and or Japanese. Japanese. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can't be doing this anymore. I got to get a job. So he, he sends out letters to 25 companies. And he's like, hey, I've got some really cool ideas. Please like hook me up with a job. Marvin Glass is the first guy to write him back. Oh, okay. He he's likes like, his ideas. Yeah. Well, he's like, well, he doesn't know what any of the ideas are. Oh, he's like, hey, well, yeah, you don't send your I'm starting this company. Like, you sort of sound like you know what you're doing. Oh, oh ideas, on. you say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did you ever see the Hudsucker Proxy? I did no. see the Hudsucker Proxy. I can't remember most of the movie, but all I know is that he's pitching the hula hoop mm-hmm. and all he's pitching it as is like a circle on a piece of paper. <laughs> and he keeps saying, for the kids. For the kids. <laughs> and that's the pitch. Yeah, that's for the kids. Goldfarb would go on to uh, revolutionize toy making mm. in America. Marvin Glass did not have any idea who he picked up oh, as like his a, first. Like a number one. Yeah, this guy is like kind of like hitting the lottery because they get together, they put their heads together, and Goldfarb tells him about this new technique that he's gonna he wants to pioneer called plastic injection molding. Oh, oh man, oh yeah, yeah. That's, I know <laughs> okay. that. this guy's onto something, <laughs> right? So basically, plastic injection molding. A lot of the times, what you have in the early toy making is everything has to be done by hand. Mm-hmm. Plastic injection molding. Basically, you make a molding and then you shoot hot plastic into yeah. it, and then you can just do it again. And again. That's crazy. This guy came up with that? This guy came up with that. He's like the Jay-Z of toy making. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. I don't know. He's more of a genius. So the Kanye West of toy making. Oh, boy. No, 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 no. no. He was like, do you want a 39-cent chicken? Because I also have $200 sweatshirts. (laughs) So these two guys, they were not alike at all. Like, Goldfarb was very much like... Tall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was tall enough to surf, probably. Yeah. So He probably wore, like, regular-sized sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. He didn't wear short pants. He had yeah. regular sunglasses on. Yeah, Goldfarb was very much more conservative of the, more conservative of the two. He was very uh, stable. Uh, he was looking to start a family <laughs> with his wife. He, You know, he's just a well-adjusted guy. And yeah. meanwhile, Marvin Glass is kind of a head case. Yeah. Very insecure. Yeah, because like, of Faza. Because mm-hmm. of, of his uh, father. <laughs> My Faza. And the thing I thought was most interesting is he was already starting to gain a reputation as being a womanizer. Weird. Ooh, Good for him. Yep. Marvin Glass. Yeah. Because of them sunglasses, baby. Yeah. I, it's only because <laughs> Tinder hadn't come out yet. Yep. yep. <laughs> so he would put an ad in the newspaper six feet and they couldn't check it. There yeah. was no picture. Big I thought about sunglasses. That a lot. I wear big sunglasses. <laughs> and I, I think so much of it is just I like, about I thought lot. about it a lot. Because you thought about Glass, Mr. Glass's Tinder profile a lot? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I didn't think about that a lot. It's just a chicken and an egg. 
It's just, oh yeah, it's, it's just. I a, made this a picture of, of the busy bitty chicken <laughs> <laughs> on a pile of cash. So I thought about it a lot. A lot of it has just got to be like how big he, he projected his personality. Do you mm. think he's? Oh, he's so he's like dating these women. Oh yeah, like he's dating a lot of women. He's kind of like living a kind of hard partying lifestyle. Oh, and yeah, like he just does not have anything in common with Goldfarb. While but, running Mr. Glass's Fun Factory, good for yeah. him. Yep. <laughs> That Every time you guys more. say that, I just think of that song, Good Vibrations. Good that's vibrations. all you're thinking about. You love that song. I love that song. Marky Mark, baby. So that's technically the second time that song's referenced in this podcast. Uh, yeah. The first for you, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Listen at the end where I'm not going to explain why. <laughs> just, I don't even remember why. I just uh, stay tuned to the first uh. part of that. Um, so they got their heads together. They come up with a couple different ideas. They premiered at the 1948 Toy Fair. Where's uh, that at? Don't know. Of course not. It's almost like you didn't prepare. <laughs> I know. I, what you, is this? You know, this is just like being a DM where nobody asks you the questions you're prepared for. Is mm-hmm. it? I, do you want to guess where this Toy Fair was yeah, held guess. at in 1948? Uh, I guess Seattle. Oh, okay, that's a good guess. Oh. Or, <laughs> it could be a terrible guess. <laughs> I guess Los Angeles. We both West Coast. Yeah, we West Coast. Really West Coast boys. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't have any reasoning why. You Pittsburgh. know why I guessed <laughs> it? Pittsburgh. Because on the TV, the Space Needle was on there. <laughs> Oh, that checks out. Yep. Mount Rainier. That's, that's literally why I guessed it's it. It's not real, Mark. Don't look at it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I need to be fully more immersed in this story. <laughs> I'm losing my immersion. <laughs> oh, no, Faza, no. <laughs> All right, so the Toy Fair, 1948 Toy Fair, yeah. was held in New York City. That checks out. Yeah, also, Avenue. we were a little off, like the whole country. <laughs> just just over 3,000 miles off. <laughs> just a shade. We could have been further off, but not way further <laughs> off. Could have said Hawaii and or Alaska. <laughs> So uh, at the time, they were still pushing the busy bitty chicken. Oh, still, yeah. Well, listen, it's a cash cow. I mean, if it's gonna sell, it's cash chicken. It's a, <laughs> it's the chicken that laid the golden egg. Mm, there okay. it is. Just keep pushing the chicken. No, no, no you had yep. it. I also, <laughs> you had it. Don't know how it works. And then they also premiered a new product called the Mary Go Sip Cup, which I don't <laughs> I can't even fathom what that I is. I assume you get on a Mary Go Round, then okay. you have to sip this cup, then you get sick, then you could throw up. But good news. You have a cup. So you, you do have in. a cup. Yep. And that's all yep. the liquid you've ingested. Exactly. So how much more yep. could be in there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how <laughs> exactly. stomachs work. <laughs> that's exactly how throwing up yeah. works. That's so they premiered, this, they premiered the Mary Go Sip Cup in the 1948 Toy Fair. Marvin Glass's uh, reputation of a, as a womanizer really gets cemented here. Uh-oh. Because he attends the Toy Fair with a series of photographs Wait. that he hands out to prospective buyers of the merry-go-round or the merry-go sippy cup yeah thank you merry Mary go sip cup i tried to look google image search this but yeah. apparently like you all i got was sippy cups like for children you know what that, <laughs> that makes, makes sense, sense. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh the photo was of two nude models drinking from the cup what <laughs> and so he would slip businessmen this photo as they were like looking at the product that's crazy it's insanity he's trying what? to sell a kid's toy <laughs> what yep. year was this this is 1948 <laughs> It was very scandalous. That's crazy. Yeah, so, you know, you'd wander over to the MGA booth, and they'd be like, hey, take a look at the merry-go-round sip cup. It's nice to meet you. Shake hand. And he'd slip you this photo of two nude women drinking out of the the sip cup. That's insanity. Do you think that the idea for the two naked women came before the sip cup? (laughs) And then he was like, I need a product that they drink it from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No matter what, these two women are in this. If it didn't come before, it certainly came shortly after. Mm, That's crazy. Yeah. Well, uh, what does this have to do with mousetrap? Oh, we're getting there. Don't worry. I'm giving you a lot of history here. Wait, this here. is about mousetrap? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I I just suddenly remembered this was about mousetrap. Yeah, listen, 
much like the actual game Mousetrap, you have to construct a lot of pieces mm. in order for the story. Do you? Because I have no idea <laughs> that game. Also, are you going to tell us the real rules? Yes. I don't know how to play Mousetrap. I, so that's the other thing I was hoping you guys wouldn't ask me about is like how to actually play Mousetrap. <laughs> we should get Mousetrap. I know it's a role in review Mousetrap. Huge success. Sold a ton of these merry-go-round sip cups. So I don't know if it was the marketing. I don't know if this product, but the two of these guys made it work. Shortly afterwards, the Goldfarb Glass partnership withered. Goldfarb married and settled down, and Glass showed no signs of slowing his hard-partying lifestyle. Uh, the two men, were it was clear that they were headed in different directions. And plus, as Goldfarb noted, Glass could be notoriously greedy. Shocking. So, of the 25 letters that he sent to other companies around the U.S., three of them replied. And he said, I got three jobs from the 25 letters I sent, Goldfarb said. The only one of them that didn't pay me was Marvin Glass. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. So made him a ton of money off the uh, off of several toys. Didn't see a single cent from That's Marvin crazy. Glass. Wow. Um, after Glass sold Goldfarb's uh, third invention, the two men broke up for good. And said, all right, happy trails. Good luck. I'm tired. I need to get paid for my family that I'm trying to raise. That's yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also like getting paid. Yeah. If I did a job and then didn't get paid, I would be angry. I would stop doing that job. Yeah, mm-hmm. For sure, I'd stop doing that yep. job. So Glass uses the cachet that he got from the Merry Go Round Sippy Cup, two of other of Goldfarb's inventions, to basically get into a deal with Ideal Toy, toy Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Ideal Toy Company. His firm quickly becomes their favorite guy to go to for for games so when they approached him in 1962 needing a hit for their the next year here's where the story kind of diverges a little bit it depends on who you ask if you ask you know anybody involved with mga they said the person who came up with the idea for mousetrap was marvin glass he was sitting at home reading the newspaper one day and saw an illustration for rube goldberg's like cartoons mm. like it was like an impractical mousetrap or something and he's like hey that'd be really cool if we made like a toy of that if you ask anybody from Ideal Toy Games, there was another guy there by the name of Harvey uh, Kramer, who went by Hank. And Hank Kramer, another wildly interesting dude in this this whole story, <laughs> uh, he said he was the one who came up with the idea while watching, you know, while reading the newspaper, saw Rube Goldberg, said, we should, Wait, so we should do a product about they that. They have the same story. They just claim that they both did it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to say exactly who. Because uh, Harvey, because it was eighty years ago. Yeah, because Hank <laughs> no, Kramer, that's not why. <laughs> yeah, Hank Kramer could be just as wildly unreliable as Marvin Glass. Hank Kramer, <laughs> Hank Kramer, making games. <laughs> exactly. Hank Kramer was the lead designer for Ideal Toys, and he had quite the reputation for being a child-hating alcoholic. But he made Good, things yeah. for children. He made things for children. Yeah, but did couldn't he, stand the sight of them. But though. did he hand out naked women pictures? At <laughs> toy, toy I fair? think that's that's a glass thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> If it involves women, strategy. it's a glass thing. Yeah. If it involves a you know three fingers worth of whiskey, it's definitely a <laughs> Hank Kramer thing. Yelling at some kids about your lawn. <laughs> Regardless of who came up with the idea, Ideal Toy Company awarded the contract to MGA. Hank Kramer came along on board to help design. They knew they wanted to build like some sort of mousetrap contraption. And Hank Kramer was the guy who came up with the idea for it to be a board game because mm. he's like, well, you can build it and then you use it. And then yeah, then, then what? Yeah, and exactly. then you have descriptions exactly as great as Dan and I. Can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, as much as we do. Right. Congratulations. So Hank Kramer says, well, we'll just add dice and spaces. And then it's a roll and mm. move. Like you roll the dice. Yeah. You move around the board. You build the thing and then you spring the trap. And it's Rue Goldberg made shoots and ladders. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's very, very much the way it is. So he he basically turned it into the primitive version of what we know today. The other interesting thing about Hank Kramer before he kind of exits the story is he is also the guy who invented Mr. Clean. Really? Like the ad thing. And the, he, the bald-headed 
the bald-headed guy, yeah. the, the mascot, he drew the mascot for Mr. Clean. Huh. And then he also uh, etched the horse in the Ford Mustang logo. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, so he was all over the place. This guy is kind of a genius, but like I said, child-hitting alcoholic. <laughs> kind of a kind of a madman to have around the office, I can imagine. <laughs> I was going to order Mousetrap. It's $41 on what? Amazon. I guarantee <laughs> we could like, find it. Yeah. Some f- we would have to buy five copies from thrift stores yeah. though, to have all the pieces. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, this gag's not worth $41. <laughs> yeah, we'd review Mousetrap, but no. Well, not for okay, 41 dude. bucks, I won't. Um, so they did the game debuts at the 1963 Toy Fair. Crazy success again. Like Mar- Marvin Glass just keeps. I could see that in 1963. Gold. I bet it was well, awesome looking. Also, yeah. talk about the competition that it has in the board game arena. Uh-huh. At that yeah, point. What other board yeah. games came out in 1963? Mark, you have a list. I do not have a list. <laughs> He's you know, the I don't worst have a list. Prep guy. Like, why do we even trust him? <laughs> I don't know. You guys are dumb. <laughs> Here, you keep talking. This, this is what happens. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep going, and you tell us. Uh, sure, it'll be f- easy to find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They sold 1.20 or 1.221 gigajot. Yeah, 1.22 million units of Mousetrap wow. at the Toy Fair. How much did Mousetrap cost in 1962? You keep asking me questions now. you know I don't know the answer to. <laughs> I didn't know you didn't know the yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge success. Basically moved MGA from a toy company to a board game company. Mm. It was such a paradigm shift for them. And you may say to yourself, well. Mark, that's what not my I, name. I just said <laughs> yeah. to myself, "Well, Mark, how much did Mousetrap cost?" I wouldn't say to myself, <laughs> that's "Well, true. Mark." Well, so you may say to yourself, "Dan, well, okay. Dan, yeah." If more like <laughs> if a game sells 1.22 million copies and it's clearly a ripoff of a previous intellectual property, yeah, wouldn't somebody be interested in being paid for that intellectual property? Oh, I would think so. Yeah, yeah, like if I had made Mousetrap and then the next year someone else sold a lot of copies of what I made, uh, a, cl- a clear inspiration called grouse trap where you trapped birds yeah (laughs) i wow that is absolutely a (laughs) ripoff yeah you'd be like i need to get paid for that which is kind of what happened uh marvin glass got contacted by king features which was the company responsible for licensing and distributing rube goldsberg's illustrations and they said hey we need to have a meeting Mm. and that meeting is going to involve you giving us money Marvin Glass says, sure, I'll take the meeting. What's the worst thing that happened? Goes in, sits down, and they say, hey, happy for you about the success of Mousetrap. Couldn't help but notice there's some similarities between, you know, Mr. Goldberg's illustration and the game itself. And he's like, yeah, that that could be. And they're like, well, you know, we're going to need a royalty from you because you ripped off Mr. Goldberg. And he said, no, I'm not going to pay you anything for it. (laughs) It's not really how that works, but all right. (laughs) So he gets out of the meeting after denying any sort of like royalty fee to Mr. Goldberg. Checks out. King Features goes to the Mr. Goldberg and they say, hey, uh, Rube, that guy doesn't want to pay you for stealing your idea. At the time, Mr. Goldberg was 80 years old. Yeah, and he creates a giant mouse trap. And he <laughs> traps it glass. Traps Mr. Glass. Well, let's be honest. It doesn't have to be that giant. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, Faza, no. <laughs> Just big enough to get around the sunglasses. That's right. <laughs> Faza, no. Why would you treat me like this? It's and, a good uh, thing you can't listen to this podcast and get yeah. mad at us. What are you, you going to do? Actually, no. I assume he's dead. I don't know that for a well, fact. That's true. Well, he was. He would have came to be here like in 1914. And... So he would be 106. Well, no, his parents. Just, oh, what's, when was he born? Oh, he was born in 1914. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. His parents. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, because it was mean, 11 be, years after. Yeah. He would only be 106. Because <laughs> it was 11 years after the teddy bear day was made. Yeah. teddy bear. Come on. Yeah, so basically, um, he says, hey, he told you to kick rocks. Goldberg, failing health, 
old, 80 years old. He's like, I don't feel like fighting a legal battle in mm-hmm. the last years of my life. Makes sense. Yeah. So he says, we're not going to do it. And he retires the next year. So basically, Glass stole the idea from Mousetrap from this Rube Goldberg's machine. Or perhaps it was Hank Kramer for being, you know, fair. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he stole the credit from Hank Kramer who stole the idea from Rube Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of intellectual yeah. property theft. Yeah, a lot of lot of I lot of IP theft. To really stick the knife in the wound, like to really salt the wound, he goes on to take two more games <laughs> that are clearly what? based on Rube Goldberg's illustrations. Uh one of them was called One Horse of them was trap. called <laughs> And uh, then there was a bovine trap. <laughs> oh man, where did it go? One oh, of them you trapped names. a giant a tiny chicken, but, <laughs> but it laid an egg. It laid an egg and then yeah. you had to trap the egg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Extra 39 cent surcharge for that chicken. So MGA's next <laughs> two games <laughs> were follow-ups to Mousetrap. One was called Crazy Clock and the other was called Fishbait. I don't like those. I've never heard of either of these games. Uh, so clearly saw, they did not sell as many copies. I saw a pic- uh, picture of Fishbait. They're very like similar to Mousetrap where you build a thing and then you make the machine work. And, it, and like you build it inside <laughs> I make it of the machine box. work. <laughs> what I thought was interesting about Fishbait is you built it inside the box. Oh, hmm. that's cool. Yeah. Right. I mean, utilizing more of the yeah, box. Yeah, sounds fine. So after profiting millions of dollars from the success of Mousetrap, Glass says, I, I really want more from this game. And he brings on another person by the name of Sid Saxon. Cool name. Sid Saxon. Very, another very eccentric character. We can yeah. probably do a whole other episode yeah. about Sid Everybody Saxon. Everybody back then is all wacko. Just know I that guess. he's a marvelous dancer, and when he died, he had 18,000 board games in his collection. What? I'm so jealous. Dan, get on it. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> Hopefully by the time I die. <laughs> so they wanted to revamp Mousetrap, make it more like even a better board game and then overhaul it a little bit, make it more fun. So Sid Saxon did it. I assume he got paid for it, although with Marvin Glass, you never really yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, from a little side sack, a fine little side fact, yeah, Sid Saxon. Side sack. <laughs> side sack, side sack. There's a lot of S's there. Uh, Sid Saxon would go on to win the 1981 Spiel de Jahres. Oh, for really? Focus, yeah. When did the Spiel de Jahres start as an award? Seems like something Mark should At have least done. 1981. <laughs> Before? <laughs> Here, I'll look Before it up. 1981. That's kind of like the history of Mousetrap. For Marvin Glass himself, he eventually continued to like live hard and womanize. He would basically have people coming in and out of his office all day long, like just drinking, partying, carrying on. Uh, <laughs> getting work done? Getting work done. I mean, because his company was very successful. And the thing I thought was most interesting is 1978. around... 1978. Is oh, so he won it. Three oh. years in, he won it. Nice. Good Boom. year to do it. Eat it, Sid Saxon. <laughs> <laughs> As he becomes more rich and more insecure, he gets quite the paranoid streak. Oh, good. P&M and bottles and stuff. You kind of, Aviator well, style. For sure. Sort of. Wearing the sunglasses, <laughs> giant sunglasses inside. <laughs> I just picture him at all times wearing giant sunglasses. Just what? big sunglasses. Gotta protect that mind. <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta protect those tiny little peepers. <laughs> <laughs> no flies no. I so am tall. He basically moves the headquarters into another building that he keeps on lockdown. We're talking patrolling guards, closed circuit televisions. The locks are changed every two weeks. What? And there's only three complete sets in rotation at any given time. He has two vaults where after the designers are done for the day, they have to take their prototypes and put them into the vault. So that they're not stolen. <laughs> That's crazy. And he yeah. had like one hit though with Mousetrap. He, like, well, he had a lot of hits. Oh, really? Like, the Mousetrap just was the biggest one. He would basically, he had his office built in the center of the building with two walls. So it was double walled. 
just a crazy paranoid person. And the, one of the guys that was working with him at the time said, well, we kind of think that the reason why he might have put his office in the, build, the center of the building with two walls was A, because he was paranoid, but B, he was inviting women over into office hours. And uh, he would have just huge parties with belly dancers and like half naked women just in to, his office. But he wanted to keep it quiet so people okay. could focus. That's right. Got to keep it on the QT. because what's crazy. Yeah, what's, what's more important than. It's pretty considerate of him. Yeah, that's really nice. <laughs> you know what? It's more considerate than my neighbors when they're yeah. angry at something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, his uh, employees were very concerned because eventually he stopped playtesting the toys with kids because he was afraid that the kids would go and spill all of the secrets of the company. If there's one thing I know about a seven-year-old, it's <laughs> yeah. that they would playtest a game one time and then immediately perfectly tell you every detail about it. Right. True. My favorite thing is when Kira explains rules to us. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing is when she tells me about a movie she saw and she could tell me the title and I still don't understand. Which I could, it's a movie I've seen and I still don't know what she's talking about. Like, what? It became, it became so locked down and security focused that it eventually got the nickname The Pentagon of playthings. Oh. Like it was crazy. It's he kind would of a show fun up name. He would show up to the toy fairs with an entourage. He would be delivered with the prototype handcuffed to his hand <laughs> in an armored truck <laughs> with attractive women on his arm and armed guards following him into the arena. That's wow. Crazy. Yeah. He's he just got more and more eccentric. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to give him a noogie. I like yeah. him. He's a crazy little guy. Eventually he would go on to be married four times. Oh. Uh, he would Build. Shocking. Just couldn't get a stick. Nope. Nope. You're shy. I know, right? You'll find this hard to believe. He had a hard time with fidelity. Uh, <laughs> what? He, would, he built his dream home outside of Chicago in the very rich town of Evanston. Was it uh, just a vault? Was his dream home just a was, large I saw vault? a picture of this house because it was featured in a, an edition of Playboy because he was oh. friends with Hugh Hefner. Awesome. You know what? This all makes this sense. All makes sense. <laughs> yeah. 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 He convinced Hugh Hefner to put his house in Playboy and then also feature uh, some of the games that he had designed in the pictorial as well. That's yeah, it was cool. a very Crazy. It's all weird. I yeah. never would have suspected this of a board. Like, I, I'm trying to think of the modern thing. Like, if the guys at Simon <laughs> were trying to market Arcadia Quest, right? Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to. Listen, like, I made this <clears throat> game called Rising Sun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to wrap my head around. Like, I can't believe that would ever take place nowadays. Anything yeah. in that realm would take place That's now. It's pretty lunacy. It's crazy. Like, Marvin Glass is a certified crazy person. When did he die? Oh, oh am I skipping ahead? No, we're getting Sorry. there. Sorry. So, basically, uh, to make kind of a longer story short, his firm was responsible for some of the most classic toys that w- were ever made in America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're talking Mousetrap, Operation, oh. MGA, uh, Simon, boop, 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 oh, yeah. that game. And then what he considered was his magnum opus, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Really? I did like Rock'em Sock'em Robots. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah, that I was his, like, like that was the, I guess that was his favorite thing that he ever, his firm ever built. I wish I owned a Rock'em Sock'em Robot. I have played Rock'em Sock'em Robots as of two years ago. Someone brought one to a Christmas party I was at, and it was the hit of the party. Yeah, like, I mean, every single one of us played multiple rounds of Rock'em Sock'em yeah, Robots. I bet it was yeah. fun. Yeah, this was, this was a blast. Yep, and his employees were, like, very divided on how to feel about him. He could be very cruel. <laughs> And hateful towards people that he didn't like. Mm, sounds like a monster. And he would also uh, be very like rewarding to people he thought worked hard. You know, sometimes he Except would. That one guy. Yeah, yeah. Unless you, he needed to pay you. Yeah, that's or the other he thing took too. Your intellectual sometimes, property. exactly. One guy, this guy named Bert Meyer, he was a, a junior associate there, and he said um, Marvin Glass never once invented a toy while he was there at MGA. Uh, he basically would just take whatever glory he could and put his name on it. Like he was for a guy who that never once made anything. He sure was known outside of That's the, terrible. The, the community. Fast. And from a guy who started his life as a kid making a submarine who could shoot yeah. 
a torpedo. Like mm-hmm. that's Sounds crazy. Like he that he never this, made anything. He had the skill. Yep. It's just like one of those deals where you wonder how much of that early insecurity kind of got the the best of him. Where he's yeah. like, I can't do this. Like yeah. I'm, I'm just going to market it. <laughs> <laughs> I will rock you and stock you. I am a big man now. <laughs> <laughs> so as for Mousetrap, that game went on to be purchased by Hasbro. All of that's been like folded into. Hasbro so many times, yeah. you know. Yeah, I was gonna say Hasbro was the the version that I had. It's still a perennial bestseller seller. Forty really? bucks. Yeah, know. I'm sure seems that pretty, there are pretty I'm sure there are thousands expensive. of copies of Mousetrap sold every year to people who've never played the game before. As for um MGA and Marvin Glass, I mean MGA still makes uh still made games after Marvin Glass uh departed the company. As for Marvin Glass himself, like the kind of a sad ending there. He suffered a stroke uh, in the summer of 1973 and died in January uh, 9th. Or sorry, oh. January 8th of 1974 at the age of 59 years old. Oh, wow. He was young. That yep. sucks. Younger guy. Well, I don't know. He's good. Yeah. 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 I can't say that. <laughs> Dave, edit that out. I can't say that. Yeah. Kind of a Be- jerk. Beat me, Dave. <laughs> you know, I, I read his obituary from the New York Times. That's another one of the show notes I'd like to like pass oh, along was for it you. All it was lovey-dovey. It didn't talk about how complicated he was for sure. A did lot of it was like his height. How they sh- did mention that he was short. Did they say how <laughs> tiny his coffin was? They, <laughs> so they mentioned we his, bought a child coffin. They w- they went over like the fact that he started like his career three hundred thousand dollars in debt and like he really did you know by hook and by crook yeah pull himself out of that situation. And they talked a lot about you know how as he grew older. He became very anti-war toys for children. Like okay. he, oh, yeah. that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they talked a little bit about his retainer fee, which was a thousand dollars a day. If you wanted to contact either MGA or Marvin Glass, you had to pay him a thousand dollars a day just that's to have him. Crazy. Just to have him on staff. Wow, it's crazy, right? Like Dan said, they definitely mentioned his height, and it's crazy because I was thinking about <laughs> it. A weird thing, not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they talked about how insecure and how small he was. In his obituary? In his obituary. And was it written by all four of his ex-wives? <laughs> it, was, it was written by his father. <laughs> and it, it was like the one thing he could never outrun in that life. Like he pulled himself out of poverty. He got himself away from his father, but he could never make himself feel like he was as big as he wanted to be. Man. One that's... could say it was kind of like a metaphor for Mousetrap where he ended up no. in the cage that he had built. No. No, I hated it. That and that's point. our yeah. show. That's it. <laughs> We're what never coming downer. back. Yeah, We're never yeah. coming back. And that is the story of uh, our first bad guy of board game history, Marvin Glass. Volume one. Volume yeah, one. I, we, Mark has a lot of these planned, so we're going to uh, go back and forth probably between yeah, doing you guys, these and Here's and what I'll topics. say. If you guys hate it, then write in and tell me because I won't waste my time. Yeah, we'll never do it again. Yeah. And I don't. Mark's time is insequential to me, but yeah. I don't like, care what Mark does. I know personally time. I love learning about this kind of stuff because a lot of, the, a lot of these guys, like, are total head cases. A lot of the stuff, a lot of the people that have made the stuff that laid the foundation for the hobby that we enjoy today were either terrible people or crazy. Just don't ruin anything for me. Like, don't pick a game I love and then be like, well, do you know that was made by a Nazi? Like, like the second you start going, oh, wait till I t- tell Dave about Zaya, <laughs> I shut this podcast yeah. down. It's made in child labor camps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, thankfully, a lot of that, like a lot of the worst behaviors kind of been like, I'd like to think it's been sort of worked out of the industry by now. Like I it's so much know. harder to get away that away with that kind of stuff nowadays. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, I don't know. Who knows? What well, do I know? a lot of people now write about it and then 
just won't buy from your company anymore. Yeah. Because it's mm-hmm. like, hey, uh, happens with Kickstarter regularly, where like someone won't deliver and won't deliver, and um, then they'll, they'll try to Kickstart another thing, and, it just and there's go. just inundated with comments of people like, hey, don't buy from this company. Yeah. They are not yeah. going to deliver. They have this track record. Yeah, so. vote with your dollars is yeah. a big thing in modern times. But, but, but like when you know nothing about the dude who made Mousetrap back say, in 1962. Like, the availability of information now is so much greater mm-hmm. than yeah. back then, obviously. Oh, it was so much easier to bury a story like, you know, I don't know. Sending photos of nude women yeah, drinking from one of your products. That's, that's Could you nuts. imagine that at a like Gen Con today? Oh my god! <laughs> you go to the Cool Stuff Inc. No, no, booth no. and they're just like, "Hey, have you seen this new Azul?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what the hell? No, those people rightfully so would be kicked out immediately yeah. Yeah. and yeah. banned. Hopefully. Yep. The yeah, '60s that, were a weird time. Yeah, for sure. Sh- I, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They I couldn't don't. even show belly buttons in the first <laughs> season of Star Trek. <laughs> Well, they shouldn't have shown anything. Like I was going to say, they were just hanging out in the wrong spot. You got to go, go to the Toy Fair, baby. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, baby. That's where everything goes. Yeah. Well, that's our show, episode number 29. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I, le- I really enjoyed learning a lot about that guy. I enjoyed you telling me what I, you learned. I enjoyed you learning about it and me having to do almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep, agreed. I like story time. Mm-hmm. Story time with Mark. I like and all. this has been story time with Mark. Thanks, guys. For That's just the way the dungeon drops. Oh, I hate it. No, <laughs> there's a way you can cut that, right? <laughs> I can absolutely, absolutely cut yeah, it. But, keep uh, everything else, and then just lose that one spot in the middle. <laughs> Once again, I'm gonna have to edit Mark out of this whole podcast. It's gonna be a real confusing <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Just yeah, a lot of us like the going, last hour hmm, goes. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. You got to get some software terrible. for that. You got to get software. <laughs> just asking no one questions about Mousetrap that aren't answered, <laughs> and then we just move on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Again, episode twenty nine. If you uh, want to ask us any questions or uh, want to tell us you love that or hate that, uh, send us an email: randomdrawpodcast at gmail Check out our Facebook page where Mark does stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure, he does stuff. That's I all do I have stuff. to say about the Facebook page, yeah. Mark. You sell that you go to facebook.com <laughs> yeah. you go to the people know how glass. to get the facebook one. you search for random drop pod we're there all nope. the time just constant you. it's the first thing i do is i just hop on and I that's look the at, first thing you do yeah first thing in the morning so I, I wake pee. up i just yeah you know, i hold it i hold it because i gotta see if i got any <laughs> see if i got any mentions baby oh, i'm man. trying to grow a community on there oh man yeah. i'm trying to empty my bladder <laughs> yeah i got pee man community can wait yeah i mean i can do it in my britches while i check like britches. Check out our Instagram page, uh, Random Draw Board Game Podcast underscore between each word. Pictures of the games we play on there. But if you want to actually have a conversation, it's easier to do it on Facebook for sure uh, yeah. with Mark. Love talking. He'll respond. Yeah, he'll respond. Yeah, he loves talking. <laughs> like sometimes I'll try to. A lot of times I just like your comment. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, I, and in my head, that reminds me to do it later, and I it doesn't yeah. though. So I should know. Next thing you know, you're high on pain pills. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm getting poked in the eye, middle of the night. I like the screenshots of what you post that you send in our text thread. That's about it. Yeah. I make sure everyone sees it. Yeah. Mark, Dave and I are anti-Facebook, so we just <laughs> hang out by ourselves. Uh, that's it. Do you have anything else to say about the show? No. Or I guess anything. Just Do I have anything to say about anything? Do you have any opinions, Dave? Purple's the best color and mint's gross. Mm. Mm. Strong stance. Mm. What do you think about that, Mark? <laughs> purple's pretty all right. Mint's good, though. Mint chocolate chip ice cream is my favorite. There I feel go. fine about purple. Although, uh, remember the game Saints Row? All yeah. that, all those game colors were purple. All that game oh, was that's purple. right. That's yeah, good, you, I mean, you could, do, you could do a lot worse than purple. What's worse than purple? Uh, what's worse than purple? Probably yellow. Yellow. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yellow. I like the color yellow, but I can imagine a gang color being yellow. The Latin Kings are yellow. Don't Ooh. at me, Latin Kings, please. 
<laughs> you got a good and good and good color. No, Mark's gonna get killed by the Latin Kings. <laughs> We're on the East Coast. I'm not that concerned. You should be. They're all over the place, baby. Oh. I know nothing about. I was about to say very little about gangs. I'm gonna back off from very little. Not only do I know little about it, I know nothing. <laughs> and now for something completely different. Oh, is this water for me? Oh, this water's for me. I brought my own. Thanks. It's core. I forgot all about it. I asked Dave uh, for it, and then I forgot about hydration. It. What does that water remember? Uh, it's perfectly balanced, purified water. Would you like to know the number one ingredient? Is it water? Because Pur- the only ingredient <laughs> should be water. Purified water. <laughs> it would be weird if there's more ingredients. It also has calcium chloride, magnesium chloride, and potassium bicarbonate. I have potassium bicarbonate, magnesium sulfate, and potassium chloride. I have a cup from the meadery that I filled up from my What's fridge. Yeah. Who knows what's in that? I hope water. Yeah. As long as the number one ingredient's water, yeah. I think it's fine. <laughs> I mean, the number one ingredient of my shampoo might be water, too. So I don't know <laughs> I was just how thinking much that. into that this, I would, I would this lean, does Daniel. does say electrolytes and minerals for taste. <laughs> Tastes exactly like every other water I've ever had. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like just triple distilled water. This time seven seven times. You remember back in the day when we worked at BB and they just didn't have a water dispenser and we would just drink distilled right, water? Yeah. Like it was fine. Yeah, it was totally it wasn't fine. sucking all the nutrients right yeah. out of my body. It was uh hard yeah, you're times. Not, you're not supposed <clears throat> to drink pure pure water. Like I mean, something Dave, that's what I had. <laughs> yeah, seriously. If the answer was drink the distilled water. Or drink Lewis tap water. Or cycle each other's urine. Well, good, news, good news about Lewis tap water. It's recently been tested, and you're not supposed to drink it. So. I didn't need a test to tell me that. I got a thing in the mail to tell me that. So oh, really? Yeah, I did. Listen, stop, please don't drink this. Yeah, it was like, hey, you should drink this water after you filtered it. <laughs> Thank you, town of Lewis. So I have an infection in my tooth. Oh, no. I went to, yeah, I, I went to the dentist. I guess I had this tooth filled or capped or whatever when i was a child and mm-hmm. they were still using like metal to put oh, fillings yeah. in. Oh. so i went to the dentist and and she's like oh yeah like it's worn down on the side here and and like that's where you're getting the pain i was like cool fix it and <laughs> yeah, she's like yeah, sense yeah i don't care why it hurts just make it stop <laughs> mm-hmm. that's your problem so she goes, it's all worn down yeah, it's like all a- worn down here i can see inside it you need a pit stop on that there too <laughs> so, so i say okay like cool story can mm-hmm. we do something about it She's like, you're actually better off pulling it because we'd have to like remove all the metal and like this whole process. And oh I was God. like, oh, great. But I don't mind getting it pulled, honestly, because the guy I go to just puts me to sleep and it's like fantastic. <laughs> it's like, I, just, I just wake up four seconds later and like I'd feel okay. Yeah. Um, Do you think I, at the rate you're going, you're going to get a discount for like your fifth pulled tooth is on us? I hope so. Like a punch card? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> well, now. But, and the punch card sells itself. It's just a bunch of teeth. And every time they pull one, they literally punch the tooth out. This is. I'm a marketing genius. Yeah. This, this you, just, checks out. you just take like a pair of tweezers and you just pull the tooth yeah. off of the thing. So, well, the other one uh, I if, had. Wait, okay. if there is not some dentist out this. there that's putting out like pages and then the bottom number that you can rip off is teeth, teeth. that you're supposed to pull off. <laughs> Man, I really. You know, I'm I got to say, though, field, if there is a dentist that has a sign like that, I am not going to that dentist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I assume he definitely performs his surgery in like some sort of chair he brings to the alley. Yeah. yeah. Like he yeah. opens his garage door. <laughs> like, hey, come on in. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I I had one pulled in January, and I'm supposed to get a implant. Oh, okay. Well, I couldn't because the 
pandemic happened. On account of the Rona. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) so I, I still have like this gap where I'm like missing a tooth, which is is fine. Like I have other teeth. So uh, (laughs) I got some other ones. (laughs) So now they're going to pull one on this other side. And again, I'm going to get an implant. Apparently Mm -hmm. I'm going to spend all my money this year on implants. Yeah. But anyway, so she gives me medicine, pain medicine. Mm-hmm. I've been taking it, and it's great. It makes me go right to sleep. So I was asleep the other day, uh, the other night, and Amber's sleeping next to me. And I guess she rolled over or something, and she went knuckle deep right into my eyeball. <laughs> like, she just, like, whipped oh, no. over. And it, like, I had never been woken up like this before. And I, like, flew up. And I'm, like, my eyeball's out, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, like, it's gone. gone. It's gone. She got me, like, right in the corner of my eye. And it went, like, I felt it touch my eye. <laughs> Oh. And I was like freaking out. I can see out of it. And I go in the bathroom. And it's like totally red. And she's like, she apologized. And then today. <laughs> you I, said that so half-hearted. She apologized. Well, she's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a big shock to both of us, I think. Yeah. yeah. Today, this was like three or four days ago. Today, I was talking about it because like I'm going to rub it in all the time. Mm-hmm. And as, you, I, as you should. Well, you have yeah. to milk it for all it's worth. Yeah. So because she came in for like a hug or something. I was like, oh, my God, watch my eye. And uh, <laughs> Just make, start making a big production of flinching. Yeah. <laughs> and then she goes, she goes, I know that was such a weird dream you had. She tried to play it off. She tried to gaslight you? Yeah. She tried to play it off like it didn't actually happen. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait like, a second. No, wait. I w- was near blind. <laughs> like. <laughs> And I, I couldn't believe it. I can't believe you had that dream, Dan. That's so I, weird. That's, and she said it like it was no joke. Like, yeah, that was such a weird, what a weird dream <laughs> to have. <laughs> so funny. And I am on hard drugs. So like now yeah. I'm like, did it happen? Did it happen? <laughs> but I definitely remember so that's it. That's how gaslighting works, Dan. She, yeah. It's just, Step one, make you question yourself. It's mm-hmm. working. Yeah. It's just, it's just how it starts. It's Stockholm <laughs> Syndrome. Now I just believe whatever she says. Like, oh, I guess it was a yeah. weird dream. You know, I guess I, I can't see right out of the side. You but know, I didn't think I used to be the person who deserved to be pistol whipped but yeah. i do now but now i do yeah, yeah. it was so crazy but yeah it i got i got some teeth coming out in a half sight and one eye. Oh man i hate i hate the dentist oh man. my god me too i hate it i knew nothing was gonna happen so there's like all sorts of procedures now because of the coronavirus you mm-hmm. can't even go inside and wait you like wait in your car wait in your car and... until they call your phone oh, <laughs> and you have to like go inside yeah. and the doctor is really nice and she was saying like, well, you could get a root canal and a and a crown, but there's a chance that the roots can reconnect themselves, which I didn't know that. Huh. And then you're gonna have the pain all over. So she said it happened to her husband. He had a root canal a crown. Then the roots reconnected all this pain. Then they had to remove it and put an implant. I was like, that dude did it all. Yeah, he got the whole. <laughs> Good experience. thing he was married to a dentist. and yeah, didn't she, have to pay full price. Oh man, this, she didn't even do it. She said he had to go to a specialist. Oh, <laughs> oh wow, so, that's the was, worst. Yeah, I was like, well, that's fun. Yeah. I, uh, when I was getting fitted for braces, I hadn't Mm. quite gotten rid of all my baby teeth. Uh, step one in Oklahoma, Oklahoma orthodontist. It seems like you wait till you have adult teeth for braces. Not in Oklahoma, you don't. What you do is you go to an orthodontist (laughs) who seems very like reputable in a lot of different ways. Okay. But isn't licensed to use anesthesia. Oh. Mm, mm. Right. So basically this was me getting five of my baby teeth forcibly pushed from my gums into my mouth and it's awful it took like three nurses to hold me down well i gotta say modern dentistry has really turned it around on me because i had some dentist work done in the marine corps 
And they don't do like a lot of care about <laughs> what you're feeling. I yeah. work, my, one of my first jobs was working in the dental clinic and on, on the on-base Air Force clinic. And let me tell you, they don't really care. No, they're the like, game. they're like got a quota or something because they're like <laughs> pushing people out of there so up, quick. Up, 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 yeah. So, but modern dent- dentistry is like amazing because like I told the oral surgeon, I was like, I'm pretty nervous about this. He's like, oh, really? I'll just put you to sleep. I'm like, you can do that? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. And he gives you propofol and you go to sleep for like four minutes and he just sits on your lap, I guess, and tears teeth at you. <laughs> I assume he stands on your chest and just... There, yeah, there's like two step stools. <laughs> he's got, he's there's like a his, step stool and yeah. one foot on my chest he's got and a, a pair of rusty pliers. When I had a wisdom tooth that was cracked like way up into my head and then this other tooth that got pulled at the same time and he's like, oh, I'll just do them both at once. <laughs> okay, easy for you to say, buddy. Mm-hmm. So he yeah. puts me out. And then I, I don't know if you're familiar with propofol, but like, it's not. Yeah. It killed Michael Jackson. <laughs> it did kill Michael Jackson. But uh, let me tell you, I get it. Like that's yeah, pretty legit. Great. But until yeah. he died, it was pretty good. Well, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Cause like most anesthesia, when they wake you up, you're like all groggy, but propofol mm-hmm. you wake up and you're like totally with it. Yeah. So it's so weird. So it's I, great, great drug. I don't know. So I opened my eyes and Amber's standing there. And I was like, well, how long was that? She's like, I don't know, like 10 minutes. I was like, oh, are we sure he did a good job? <laughs> yeah. It was like, seems pretty quick. Right. And then I got yelled at for the way I was getting out of the chair by my wife, who's a nurse, and then the two nurses that were there mm. because I'm sitting in the dentist chair and it's like hard to get out of. So I'm pretty tall. So I just put one leg on each side of the chair and started to stand up and they did not like that. Uh, yeah. And they're like, no, get out of it. Like you're in a wheelchair. And I was like, I've never been in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how. Is. What so does that mean? I got, they wanted you me to slide both my legs off of one side. No, step then, one, uh, they wanted him to lock the wheels of the chair. Yeah, okay. they wanted to lock the wheels of the dentist chair. <laughs> which I thought was weird. Yeah, did you try to like spin the wheels and go vroom, vroom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was crazy. Yeah. But I'm going to go back to that guy because that was legit. Yeah, when I got my wisdom teeth taken out, they did fentanyl and Versed. Yeah. And I was like, they pushed it and I was like, I don't I don't feel anything. Is this normal? And they're like, hang oh, on, man. you'll be fine. And yeah. then like... I, I had just enough time to say my face felt hot, and then I was like, <laughs> gone. I was like, I could not remember anything. When after I had that. my ankle surgery, I had who knows some mix of anesthesia, mm-hmm. but I I had the balls to tell the doctor like, hey, don't start operating until I'm asleep. <laughs> <laughs> like, he doesn't know. Like he's like, oh, okay, good advice. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. man, it was just like me being slowly high. All I had was local uh, anesthetic when I got all four of my wisdom teeth out no. in one sitting, and yeah. they just numbed my jaw. And then he started, and when he got to the second tooth, I was like. Like, uh, you need to numb it more. That's I can what, feel this. When I had yeah. my other wisdom teeth out in the Marine Corps, that's all they did, local anesthetic. And they apparently were, like, funny on the enough, low side. <laughs> funny enough, yeah. Air Force dentists. Yeah. They're, they're just like, well, I'm going <laughs> to so save, I'm gonna save so half glad. this needle for the next patient. Like, <laughs> no, come on, man. No, no, yeah. it's fine. I'm going to rub the tip with alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Boil I'm going to rinse the tip off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, city water. In yeah. that little <laughs> spit bucket that's next to the dentist chair. Hey, do me a favor and spit on this, please. I got to get it prepped for the next guy. Yeah, rinse your mouth with this mouthwash, then spit it on. This. <laughs> okay, it seems legit. Oh man, I just I don't know how people do that job though. Like that dentist. Ugh. I wouldn't mind. Like working in the dental clinic was kind of fun. I thought the weirdest thing about working in the dental clinic was that the guy who built prosthetics in our dental clinic chewed tobacco. Oh, and yeah. so I kind of felt like he was just preparing for his own future because yeah. most of the prosthetics were other military personnel who chewed tobacco. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were just rotting their teeth away. I yeah. watched uh, a video of like. 
some dentist office can buy this awesome new like CNC machine that makes your crown in like 30 minutes or oh, some nonsense cool. like that. But before it was like two trips to the dentist and oh, yeah. then like a three week wait. Yeah. That's how it worked like, for us. And yeah. this dude, eight hours a day was just sitting in the back, spitting tobacco into a big yeah, old no, there's like this thing and making teeth. There's like this awesome CNC machine. I was like, what's this thing making? And then it's teeth. <laughs> and then it's like, like my teeth aren't terrible. It's just like I had some injuries that messed up my teeth. And then there's people like my wife who has like perfect teeth, never had a cavity. She's like, I love going to the dentist. I was like, you like, you don't know about the dentist. <laughs> I've never had a cavity in an adult tooth. Well, I have no fillings. Yeah, same here. I yeah. don't, well, you guys should get some. <laughs> That's fine. I got to be honest, Daniel. You're not making it sound great. Modern dentistry is all right with me. <laughs> CNC Music Factory. No, that is not what I'm talking about. No, Mark no, Wahlberg <laughs> didn't make this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funky bunch. No, CNC Music Factory aren't making teeth now. Yeah, yeah. As when far you as said I it, know. I was like, wait a second. That sounds familiar. What are, and then I was like, CNC. And then I, and it's just like, do you mean Music Factory? And then yeah, that's like, what I mean. Like the music. Yeah. I just picture like when they he's all working on it, got, he's just humming. Now that we found They all went back and got biomedical engineering degrees. <laughs> <laughs> make teeth all day. Yeah. Hey, tough times. Do what you got to do. Yeah, using man. those good vibrations. Yeah. That's Marky Mark yeah, and the Funky Bunch. I know. That's what I was going with. Yeah. I like that. I thought Mark Wahlberg was whatever he was, the lead of CNC music. I mean, record. like 90s house music. Kind of all yeah. runs together. It Unless is like, one band. I'm convinced it? it's one band that made all of 90s. Was that it like Gerudo, Sandstorm? I don't know. <laughs> 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 all right, that's cool. I, I just have to point out that like what you missed in this was Mark's neck movement. Yeah. Just I was like, do a night at the Roxbury yeah. Yeah. by himself. And then Dave and I just staring at him. Blank looks on our face. Oh boy, that's a good one. <laughs> good times. You really got that water. I love this water. It's good. How much is it? pH balance? Um, Mine is. My, no, I mean, it's, it's like Sam's choice, so probably not. This says, and I'm no scientist, but this has it has the perfect pH, seven point four. Mine perfect. says party like it's seven ninety three because the, it's from the metery. <laughs> is that the pH is seven ninety three? Yeah, I'm gonna be dead. Real I don't think quick. that's good because yeah, yeah, yeah. it says your body's natural ph balance is 7.4 and i have no way to check that and i'm not going to look it up <laughs> you don't tell me what my body's ph is i drink a lot of cranberry juice you don't, you don't know where so my acidic. ph is my ph so is acidic. all over the place <laughs> see how many oranges i eat <laughs> should we do a show <clears throat> yeah, i suppose it's about I that think. time so we're gonna do dungeon drop forgotten waters yeah and then you're gonna fill time and then I'm going to vamp. Mm -hmm. It better be good. I hope it's good. No, no. It no, better, it better be, be good. <laughs> yeah, I think... no, I'm not saying. Do or I do hope. not. There yeah. is no try. Yeah. But just hope. do. Yeah. I'm letting you know. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you guys can riff with me. Mm -hmm. No. Two hours of silence yep. while you read verbatim from your notes. Yep. Dan and I will just stare at you in mock silence. Yeah. Turn my microphone oh, off, Dan. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of pressure. Just kill the mics now. It's a solo Mark show. Oh, I just feel like throwing up now. I am on penicillin too, so my stomach is like constantly upset. Nice. No matter what happens. We may need to get you. No, 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 no. It's not like an emergency situation. Well, it's just like know. an upset stomach all the time. Uh, so I've been t eating it with oatmeal because that okay. seems to help. That's smart. So I have to, sorry to go back on this penicillin, but I have to take, <laughs> I have to take 20 of them for a day. Every six hours, okay. which is not a thing I can do because I sleep for more I was than about six to hours. Say, do you yeah. have to set an alarm and wake up? You know, I take yeah. it when I when it's I can. It's more like four every four hours during the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I take it one before I go to sleep, then one first thing when I wake up. Mm, yeah. Amber's like, oh, you still have a lot of these pills left. I got them like two days ago. I'm like, yeah, I, I take four a day. And I hear them being poured out, and she's <laughs> counting them. <laughs> I was like, 
Are you counting my pills? I'm taking them. Yeah. Like, I need those. That's I, so funny. Like, she's checking in and making sure know, you're not like, abusing them. Not, not, not even abusing. No, she's sure making sure I'm them. taking them because yeah. I've been complaining about my stomach with them. She's mm. like making sure I'm taking them. She should be counting so take, like the Percocet. Just, I mean, and I don't. And because you have to take them with food. Why they give you penicillin? Like why not something fun? Yeah, like it's 1743. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I feel like the other day I accidentally double dosed yeah, my dog mine. on pain medication. Oh, hello. And I was like. I'm into that. Yeah. Well, I was, it's, <laughs> right it was like a, it was a pretty powerful said. So I was like, oh, man. And I, I didn't realize it till after the fact. I was already at work. And I was like, man, if I come home and my dog's dead, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to feel so devastated. Well, that first night I had tooth pain. I was like raiding the cabinet to see what I had in there. And uh-huh. I had like old Percocet, like over a year expired, but it's still did something still counts man and uh, it was i took percocet and tore it all together i was like asking amber can i like can i take this with it and she's like yeah you'll be fine i'm like okay we'll see <laughs> it's like that old uh, we'll see it's like that old phil hartman simpsons bit where he's like there's the truth and <laughs> the truth yeah and, like in pharmacy there's expired and oh yeah yeah expired I, i'll never forget sam telling us that like yeah like we're not supposed to have them out when they're expired because they don't work as well <laughs> like okay okay <laughs> But it was funny because I took so many pain meds like in a short period of time and then I like they all hit at the same time. And I was just like, whoa, I feel awesome. She's like, does your tooth feel better? I was like, everything feels, everything better. feels better. I feel better about the world yeah. right now. I think America's not so bad right now. Yeah. I think it's all right. It's fine. I can handle this. It's fine. It's fine. So high. Game over, man. Game over.